Three, two. Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Kilgallen's Pub, on Twitter at Kilgallen's Pub. Also, subscribe to me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, baby. That's where I put everything these days. And um, it's at Joe Kilgallen on everything, joekilgallen.com for the tour information. I will be headlining Dr. Grins in Grand Rapids, not this weekend, but the next weekend. That's October 25th. 4th and 25th. There's no show that Saturday because they do like a Halloween party or something like that. Mm. And I'll be at some casino the Wednesday before that. All with uh, Chelsea Hood, who's been on the podcast oh, before. Yeah. Oh, so that's going to be really fun. That's James Webb, our producer. What up? This is the People of Comedy Podcast Network. Tons of great podcasts on there. So definitely check out People of Comedy on Instagram. That's simply at People of Comedy, right? Uh, at People of Comedy Network. At People of Comedy Network. There we go. Very excited for this one. This has been a rescheduled one because uh, I had my whole house sick for two weeks. One kid got sick, then my wife got is sick. Is everyone okay? Everyone's better. I'm not okay. Uh, we'll get to that, though. <laughs> I haven't been okay. Uh, we've got the very funny Whitney Chitwood. How are you, Whitney? Oh, good. I'm so excited that we made this work. Yes, I'm this very happy good. to have you here. We I, I came across, because I like to do some homework, you have an album coming out, and I noticed for your album release party, which I hope is a blast for you, mine was very fun, you have quotes from different comedians who said really cool stuff about you. Maria yeah. Bamford, yeah. who's, I think, a personal favorite of anyone who does comedy. What I love about Maria Bamford is... Whether you're like an alt kid or a club person, like alt kid, it sounds like anybody. No one's a sounds club like a person. Raver. Like I'm not, I know, right? <laughs> um, whether you're into alternative comedy, which I think at first was just kind of like inspired by, like kind of. Although I don't hear it talked about as much. Is the Nerdist still as popular as it was? No, not anymore. It kind of went down with Hardwick. It was, it yeah. was before. It okay. was before then, though. It was on Cabaret. You know, yes, Uncab? on Cabaret. It was like yes. Janine and uh, That's Greg true. Barrent and who else? Who else was in that whole the Beth Lapidus fold? I basically. saw a clip with Janine Garoppolo today. Remember, uh, it was like some throwback thing in the '90s. I'm getting a little sidetracked, but it's kind of fun. Jim Carrey. He wore like this long beard and was dressed like a biker guy from like the 70s when he accepted an MTV oh, yeah. Movie Award. Oh, no. He accepted, yeah, you saw that clip? He accepted yeah. an MTV Movie Award in character, and he, the character was really funny. And when he like went up to get the award, he like kind of gave Janine like a big kiss on the lips, <laughs> you know? And she kind of like, she laughed it off. But uh, I remember thinking to myself, you can't really, that's can't a movie you can't now. pull today. That's, you know, that's oh, yeah. a little yeah, bit. No, no, no. Unless, if he told not. her ahead of time, but you know, you can't. For sure. And I'll bet they're buddies. And Janine, yeah. Janine is so cool. I met Janine. I did a festival in New York and Janine and I were on the same show and we met. We hung out and just like shot the shit afterwards. And then two years later, she was coming here. She showed up as like a special guest at the Paper Machete. Um, and she walked in and I was like, oh, hey, what's up, Janine? Like, I'm, I'm Whitney. We hung out in New York. And she was like, yeah, of course. Of <laughs> course. Do you know who I am? I was like, do I know who you're? Yeah, of course. She's like, I remember you. You remember me? I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, I remember awesome. you. And she gave, She we were outside and she ran to Starbucks and was coming back with this like fucking huge, just hot tea. And there was, uh, there was a homeless dude and he came up and asked for money. And we were like, oh, no, we don't have money. And Janine was just like, do you, hey, you want this? You want this tea? And he was like, yeah, sure. And he, she just gave away this giant tea that she had. Very cool. Very yeah. cool person. Seems like a good they person. They didn't kiss, um, which I don't know if that was. <laughs> well, yeah, she already had her fill from Jim Carrey. Yeah, that, for that sure. Set. Well, Maria Bamford called you inspiring. 
which has got to be how unreal was yeah, that, that for was you? Yeah, that was weird. That was fucking crazy. I did. It was at the machete again. The paper machete is, Tell, is like, for, you know, I've got most, believe it or not, most of my listeners are outside of Chicago. Like it's like a 60, 40 split, but they're sure. outside of Chicago. Describe paper machete. Cause I've done it a couple times. It is really awesome. It's just batshit crazy fun. It's at the green mill here in Chicago. Legendary spot. This old underground jazz club. Capone used to oh, run around. Cra- like used to take up the whole block. Did you know yeah, that? Like the whole fuck. The green mill was the entire, that entire block on Lawrence and Broadway. Um, and it had a beer garden and shit like back in the twenties when they were like bootlegging and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, prostitution was big on that block oh, back in huge. the day. Yeah. And then a beer garden, man, come on. Uh, a sex worker can make, it still count, looks that way at dollars. night. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, so it's at the green mill. It's, they call it the two people who run it, Leah Muncy and Chris Pyatt. They call it a Bolshevik variety pageant. It's like a live mag. <laughs> it's like a live magazine. Live magazine, I've basically, where like people write essays, and then there's like one stand up, and then there's uh, music. There's two acts. There's a puppet that's a bird. Uh, Chris Pyatt does this whole lip syncing thing to start off every show. That's just wild and cr- it's bananas. Great show. Um, and I was doing. I was. I. I wrote. I was doing an essay. That's where I recorded the album, actually. And I was doing, but later I was doing an essay and Maria was in town and she came and she was there. I didn't even talk to her. Um, She just saw the essay and saw me do like the stand up in the essay and everything and just tweeted about it, which was, but Burke was the first person Burke. Like I was still at, I was still at the green mill and I got a text from Burke saying, um, Maria Bamford's blowing up your spot. And I was like, what? Crazy, oh, crazy, insane, insane. So now, thankful. What if it was a comic you didn't like but had the same clout? Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like I mean, I don't. Who's, who's like a big name? Yeah, Nick DePaul would be a good one. You don't want to say oh, CK. God. It's I would too have obvious. to. I would have to reevaluate. You'd be like, if oh. my if my act was really hitting for DePaulo, I would have to be like, what? Or that's maybe a good like maybe that that's a good, good thing, for though. him. Like maybe yeah. he's like figuring out, oh, oh man, I just have to get out of this bubble more and see there's a lot of great talent outside of the two blocks I hang out in Manhattan. <laughs> you know that's interesting though, because for all we know, no, actually Nick DePaul is a bad example because we do know he's right. very, you know, vocal about what he's into. Um but it is funny to me when you come across someone who you're like, Oh, no way they'd be into that, and then they are. Right. I remember I worked at a warehouse in Chicago over off Armitage and Ashland, and it was fun because it was it was a great job as a comedian for like daytime, and then at night I did stand up, and you know I drive a forklift around. It was like shipping or so fun. The way the we back just, wheels turn on a forklift, yeah, so much fun. a lot of fun, and we just did all sorts of fun. The, the guys I worked with were all hilarious, and I remember we started international shipping, so we're slapping labels on the you know as part of the job was like you know box stuff, and uh, we hit. Bruges and I mentioned oh you ever seen a movie in Bruges really badass and he goes I haven't seen in Bruges but I've been there and it's great and I looked at this dude like what because these guys were all from like Cicero and Berwyn these right. like western Fucking suburbs harder, just harder. Hands. he got a slayer tattoo on his forearm they were on like that speed metal that in Bruges yeah maybe um, <laughs> it was good work the slayer <laughs> might be huge in Europe I mean especially <laughs> middle- medieval towns like yeah, that yeah definitely <laughs> and he was like no I've been there though I, it's great and I'm like oh you've been to Belgium he's like oh I've been to like every country in Europe I'm like oh cool man like Shit. that's cool like if you don't mind me asking how, because you seem like someone, no offense, who's never left Berwyn. Right. <laughs> except for to come to work in, in Chicago. <laughs> and even that's, you know, straight town Armitage for you or whatever, or North Avenue. And um, he was like, oh, dude, I was, um, this is kind of embarrassing to say sometimes, but 
I'm like a world-class trumpet player. I was in international jazz competitions. And I'm like, what the fuck? What, <laughs> what about that is embarrassing? I know. But like, because I think he's because he's, he's in a heavy metal world. He lived in that heavy metal world. Uh, and so him telling his heavy metal buddies, oh, yeah, I could also play a mean trumpet. You guys want to hear some Louis Armstrong? <laughs> it's probably weird for them. So it made me think like every now and then. You, that's why it would be funny if Nick DePaul was like, hey, man, I might do comedy like this. But my favorites... <laughs> Cameron Spazito, Chitwood, you know, like that's yeah, yeah. Like my lineup. I'm trying to think who else would be like the opposite of someone like Nick DePaul to like um, Cameron Gillette. I watched Nanette. <laughs> it was really good. I like that yeah. Nanette. <laughs> what is she? Well, she's one of them Kiwis, right? She's from the land down under. <laughs> See, now if he said that, it would sound terrible. Because <laughs> Kiwi, Kiwi racist towards no, New I Zealand, it's right? No, like it's an endearing thing, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought think it wasn't. Also, Kiwi is New Zealand, and she's from Australia. Oh, well, that's why he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's right. She's one of them uh, Austrian shrimp Aussies? on the Barbie. <laughs> Say it wrong. Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> totally for sure. Yeah, I would be. I would be pretty floored. I'm trying to like think. I have nothing that comparable. I've had comics be like, "Good set." I've had comics be like, "Do you want to move out of the way? I'm trying to get there." Um, <laughs> no, but to have uh, Maria Bamford's pretty cool. Yeah, I was saying. That I feel she like you're you're someone liked. though. You're someone in the comedy world that I've. There's been a lot of times when I've been like, I'm from Chicago, and people will be like, oh, do you, you know Joe? You know, you know, oh, nice, do you know Joe? Nice. And I think that, so I think that you're you're there. You're there. I just haven't given you the blurb. Chicago's been my brand a little bit. Uh, no, I, I didn't say that to try to get to fish for compliments. And Lord knows I like to fish for compliments. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up in Chicago or in general? I've been doing stand-up in Chicago. I moved here in tw- I, two years ago. Two, I've been, this will be my third winter. So two years. So when I came back, you were starting essentially. Well, here, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you're from Peoria originally. Yeah, well, I'm from Peoria. Uh, Lived there until I was 18, then moved to New York. Lived in New York until I was like 22, 23, no, 20, like 24, and then moved back to Peoria for for a kiss of time. Then out to LA for like eight months, and then back to Peoria for like a year, and then here. Oh, cool. And then when I was in Peoria, like when I was back in Peoria, then I was like coming up here a bunch doing stand up, stand up. Yeah. And you, did you do stand up in New York? I like open mics. It was like, okay, that cool. was where I started. My first open mic, I was a fucking cunt. It was, I was so drunk. I ha- I just saw a show. I just seen, um, I, I was just seen a, a show at the, at the old stand and I I was drunk with like four friends and I was like I've been wanting to do stand up I've written these jokes I'm gonna go do stand up we got in a, we get there uh, it's one of those it's like you pay ten bucks you do five it's like a pay to play thing uh. um, and I get there and the list already started the show had already started and I was like can I go up and they're like no no huh? I was like okay and then they saw that I had friends with me and they're like all right yeah you can you can go up and so I went up I went up last Just and to keep your friends there completely to keep my friends there and i went up last and to my memory fucking murdered the roof was shaking just bringing the fucking house down absolutely crushing and um then at the end i was running the light fucking hard and the the host like started approaching the stage and i said something to the crowd about how the host was approaching the stage because he doesn't think i'm gonna get off but i'm gonna get off after this Said the setup, he got even closer. I put my hand on his shoulder and delivered the punchline right into his face. Wow. I like it. I like <laughs> then, that. Yeah, what a shit move. I mean, what it's a, a shit move. And it's move. bold. And when I was leaving, the dude who did sound was like, hey, are you a professional? And I was like, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank-. But really what he was saying is, who the fuck do you think, who the fuck do you, think you are? <laughs> 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 
Where I like where you were, were you so drunk that you didn't realize are you being a professional was like condescending. No, I had no idea. I was like, okay. oh my god, what a oh, I, I'm so good. I'm so good that people think I'm professional. Because there's different ways in the inflection to be like. Hey, are you a professional? Yeah, it wasn't or, that one. Hey, are you, are, you, are you a professional? You think, you, <laughs> think you're a fucking pro up there, huh? It was like that. Yeah, and I was I like, oh, no. oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> probably like a hand touch and like <laughs> a no get pictures, out of please. here. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I like that. All right, cool. Oh, so bad. So, and then I went back to Peoria. To but you grew up, up in Peoria? I grew up in Peoria, yeah. There's something in the water in Peoria. A lot of great comics have come out of Peoria. It's a good spot. It's a really good spot. I don't. You have uh, Richard Pryor? Yep. Sam Kinison is from East Peoria. Yes, th- those are two heavyweights. You got uh, Janelle James, I believe, kind of grew up there a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she grew up in like Champaign-Urbana that, that whole area. like. Okay, she's Champaign-Urbana. Yeah, that's but right. that's like an hour, yeah, an hour and a half away. Like working the same, working the working the same run, doing the same run. You Sam know, Sirkin. I think there's one or two other people. I like this one guy a lot out of there. Um, crap, I'm blanking on his name. Brett Erickson. Thank you, Brett. Brett's the awesome. Jeff Bailey's a funny guy. I've seen. I saw. I Jeff is so good. Recently. Jeff has to get his fucking ass to Chicago. I've. Everyone at, at that a club a month. has no told excuse. him that he's just got to fucking come up here. Yeah, and he just, his girlfriend's there and like he's, he works that club nonstop because he's a murderer. He's very funny. But he should at least get up here a couple times a month. I yeah, feel absolutely. Like. People need to know who he is because he's incredibly funny. Don't be afraid funny. to travel for work, listeners. Yeah, come on. Get on the road. Get on out Chase there. Chase your dreams. I noticed you have tattoos. How many do you have? Um, Six. six well, five. Five that you can see, and then this is a cover-up. Well, you know you're not going to go to heaven, right? No, oh, no, for sure. sure. I'm definitely not getting I, buried in any <laughs> Jewish cemeteries for multiple reasons. A, tattoos. B, not a Jew. So <laughs> <laughs> I like tattoos a lot. I do. Do you have I, any? Zero, but I like them. See, I I just don't have I any. would picture you getting like a drunken 18-year-old tattoo. You know, I had friends who did that, and I was with them earlier. And it, would be, it was like the oh, one time I didn't. Home. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't because their tattoos looked horrible. <laughs> And none of us really. A few, a few people eventually. What did they get like a Chicago, fl- like a they all, shitty oh, stick God, and poke they Chicago. They got the flag. most, and they weren't all. They got the most Catholic schoolboy tattoo you could get for that era. They got Celtic crosses on their shoulders, and um, sure, sure, and I think sure, sure. I think like three of them are atheists now. And um, there was there. Who was it? They were all Irish and Italian, so it wasn't like because Celtic cross is mostly like an Irish Scottish thing. Sure, for those of you who don't know, it's like the cross, but then like a circle. Around Florida lease, right? Which I is found that, out is that, a... is that what it's called when I was in Dublin, um, shortly after that, like a year or two after that, because they all did that when we were seniors in high school, and I went in like sophomore year of college, I went to like Dublin for like a week, and um, someone I can't remember who someone there told me it's holding the cross up to the sun, and the circle's the sun, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, that makes sense because they used to do like like St. Patrick would do his like. Gospel or whatever. Yeah. yeah, after he kicked the snakes off the mountain. You get out of stand here. Stand <laughs> on the mountain and hold the cross up to the sun, and that's where they How many times have you been to Ireland? Um, just the once, really. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I've, I got it. I'd love to go back. Um, I had a great time. So much. It was so. It was. I was twenty. So it was like fourteen years ago. Shit, I gotta get back. I gotta get a new passport. I got a buddy who's getting married in Colombia in April. Is he is he Colombian? Nope. And neither is she. his. Okay. They met there though. What were they doing? They, they were at another wedding. They were at an oh that yeah makes they sense. met at a wedding. So there. they're just basically copying off that other wedding. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, pricey trip, but I love the guy. I'm standing up in the wedding. He's one of my best friends. He's a groomsman at my wedding, uh-huh. so I'm really pumped for it. I have to get my passport though. I yeah, just for sure. Because my other pa- I had a passport, but it's expired. Gotta get that sweet sweet passy, yeah. baby. And I would like to start doing some international shows. 
Yeah, I don't know how. How do you, you know how to break love. into that world? Because it's I don't know. I I found one contact of a guy who books an Indian guy who lives in India and book shows in India because YouTube's huge in India right now, and and so stand up oh, comedy, stand up comedy is really big in general there, and I've gotten. A, a lot of love from people in India. So if you're Very listening, cool. I love you, India. And, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, how many people actually? I think I have enough to sell out a 50-seat venue. I've gotten enough different compliments from people and and, and stuff like that. So I don't know. And I've gotten well, some it's also love like from you're Australia, from, too. So. You're from out of town. I feel like that's a draw enough, even if people Maybe, aren't. maybe. I think they're really into stamps. So I think a lot of stamp shows do well naturally there. Yeah. Because uh, it's so big. And um, there's a lot of parts of... Southeast Asia, from what I've from what I've gathered, where stand up's really big there because it's not part of their culture at all. So they're kind of like, there's a person who could go up there and say whatever they want, right? That's crazy to us, I guess. I'm not saying that about India for sure, but this is what I've heard from other comics who have gone to like Malaysia and like Indonesia and um, you know different parts of mm-hmm. that uh, part of the continent, and uh, and they say yeah, and a lot of uh, they, they learn English through like American comedies. Like That's cool. Family Guy and The Simpsons. Oh, South sure. Park. Yeah, I was talking. So I, I was talking to someone from uh, Saudi Arabia, and she is crazy. I was actually doing a show in Milwaukee the next night because I did a show in like her high rise building, and the next night I was going to Milwaukee, and she was like, "You're going to Wisconsin?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "I love that '70s show." <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, very dope. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I learned like from that and friends. Like I learned a bunch of like slang and like Americanisms because she knew English, but she didn't know like, you know, you don't get taught the. What's funny is Mila Kunis, who was on that 70s show, is what? Uh, Ukrainian? Something like that. Can you look her up? But like if you click on her Wikipedia early life, she mentions learning English from like the Disney Channel or something it's like that. It's very funny. Because, yeah, she didn't know English when she first came here. Yeah, Ukraine. Ukraine? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, American media, man, changing the world for just, you know, That's why it was uh, always us creators. Damn straight. <laughs> That's why I always hated that narrative that got pushed in the early 2000s, you know, after 9-11, that they hate us for our freedom. It's like, no, our culture is very popular around the world. They... Like if you, you know what I mean? I like, never thought, I never thought of that. It's super popular. Mm-hmm. There's McDonald's in Saudi Arabia. There's like, you know, right. there's, there's KFCs, there's talk. They- I do think it's shitty that, okay, I was, I was doing my laundry the other day and the, the station was on uh, like, a, like Telemundo or a Spanish speaking station and they had a commercial for, granted it was for McDonald's in America, but they had a commercial and it was all in Spanish except for. McChick like crispy McChicken and it was like you can't fucking like change it to like crispy Mc like wouldn't that be a like McPoyo yeah like wouldn't that be a better thing Poyo to do Mc? I don't know why wouldn't you do that to like every but like we force other people to say branding McChicken well yeah I guess yeah that's a good point why don't why but don't isn't it the Mc Mc isn't it the Mick part the Mick parts from uh, the Scottish uh, founders yeah. <laughs> who were really American, which is the Scottish last name, I believe. McDon- well, McDonald could be Irish too, but it's no, it was Ray Scottish. Kroc, right? Wasn't Ray that Kroc the dude? franchised it, but the two brothers started oh. it. The first McDonald's was technically in California. I did a whole thing about th- my favorite class I took was in college was business management. What if you're like my favorite third grade class? Yeah, this is a hell of a <laughs> curriculum for a Chicago public school. Uh, yeah, I went to a CPS. We weren't learning business. Uh, was. <laughs> Ray Kroc, so the first franchise, I mean like the second McDonald's technically is what that right. means, was in Des Plaines, Illinois, which is a suburb just you know, outside yeah, of the course. city. It's close. 
And uh, but the actual first McDonald's was in, I think San Bernardino, California. James, you want to fact check me on this? Because really? I hate being wrong. Oh, yeah, it was look in it up. No, you could, the, their headquarters were in Oak Brook. But uh, there were two brothers named McDonald's. They had three things on the menu, like milkshake, burgers, and fries, and that's like it. And, uh, and he Ray showed Kroc up. happened to eat there and thought this was great and thought this is something I can mass produce. And another fun fast food thing for everybody. I then, know I've said this on air before because I think I love I love bringing it up. I'm such a dad with this stuff. But I've been saying this before I was a dad. Uh, yeah, you're right. Wendy's, yeah. I'm right? San Bernardino, yeah. yeah. Thank you. And then Ray uh, Yeah. So Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's. Sure. Their burgers are square cut. Do you know why they're square cut? Um, I always, my, I mean, advertising. I've said this 10 times on the podcast. Advertising would lead me to believe so that it looked different. That you'd think that, but that could be part of it. But he always said, I don't believe in cutting corners. (laughs) I'm Dave Thomas. I do not believe in cutting corners. Dave Thomas also told. Colonel Sanders. This is Ben Kigallan's pub. Thank you. Yeah, fun facts, baby. <laughs> fun facts that longtime listeners are like, we fucking know, dude. <laughs> but he also told Colonel Sanders to put his mug on the bucket. That was the exact quote. Why don't you put your mug on the bucket? That's why KFCs. Because Dave Thomas owned four KFCs before he ever started Wendy's. Oh, wow. Yep. He was just like a guy who owned businesses. Are you like a fast wait, food? Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. No, I just, when I learned, I, I'm good at retaining facts. Sure. I think that's where my intellect comes you're like from. The rain, you're like the there. rain man of Wendy's. Oh, we, useless <laughs> facts. Like, I, you know, wait, that's so why I know Dave baseball Thomas stats. Owned KF, that's Dave, Tom, Dave Thomas is the colonel? No, Dave Thomas oh. is not the colonel. There is an actual Colonel Sanders. Sure. He was a guy that owned a gas station that then started serving chicken that his that he made that people liked. That was how he got them to go to his gas station in town as opposed to the other gas station that was on the other side of town. It was like some Kentucky town that had two gas stations. You don't understand how fascinated by this I am. I'm very <laughs> no, into this right now. No, it's fascinating. That's why I bring it up all the time. <laughs> I know I've said it a hundred times. Wait, do Burger podcast. King now. Do Burger King. I don't know Burger King's story. All right. I wish I him. did. I, I know they need to treat their animals a lot better, which bothers me because I was vegan for three months at one time. In 2013, I was vegan for like three, three and a half months. Good for you. Yeah, I, I wish I would have held off, but really field hot dogs. I'm like, I got to have one. And, and <laughs> oh, it was hot dogs that brought hot you back. Hot dogs, bro, not steak or anything like that. Oh, then we went to my n- n- now wife's um, grandmother's, like, I think it was like her 85th birthday or 80th birthday. And she was a big, she was a good gambler, but a big gambler at uh, the casino that's in Displains right by the airport, Rivers. And uh, she was like a high roller. So they, Hugo's Frog Bar in there, I think it's called, right? Is that like a restaurant? It sounds yeah. like a restaurant. They like comped her, and there was like 30 of us. And it was like, I think I had like steak and a lobster tail. It was all like on the house. And I'm Holy like, she must be throwing down some serious, shit. some serious paper, as the kids say, because that's, they don't just, they don't, you know, they'll comp some stuff. They're not, yeah. must have been a $2,000 tab, and they're like, oh, we got it. She's, she's putting our kids through college over here. No, I'm kidding around. I was full blown vegan when I moved out to LA, actually. And held and held on to it for like for about three months, the same amount of time. And then I was just fucking poor, just poor as shit. And yeah. I went to Jack in the Box and got a breakfast wrap thing, and was eating it. And I was like, "This, oh, this has bacon in it." And then I just opened the door <laughs> and I ate. I ate so much cheaper than I was when I wasn't eating. You know, I'm I'm now I'm vegetarian. I'll eat fish sometimes, but not really that much. But now I, 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 I it's just so much cheaper cheese. to eat meat. People don't realize that like in the sense, I mean, obviously you go to a grocery store, produce is, is pretty cheap overall, but it really, you know, you could buy a double cheeseburger for a, a dollar. Yeah, it's insane. And that will fill you up because of all the chemicals in it and stuff like that. And I wasn't a preachy vegan. I had a, uh, another comedian friend. You might know him, Drew Freeze. He, I, I hadn't seen him in a few months 
And then we were doing a show together. I think we were doing like a Lincoln Lodge or something. And uh, I was like, dude, you look great. I, I'm like, man, I haven't seen you in months. You look fantastic. He's like, yeah, I lost about 30 pounds. I go, wow, what'd you do? Because at the time, I had like a really raging like month of March. I was like St. Patrick's Day and then went to – on the road a bunch. And then um, – I think I had a friend's wedding, a bachelor mm-hmm. party. I, I, I think and road like, food is the hardest. Oh, Eating so on the road is. You can't eat healthy. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. So I remember being like, this is the heaviest I've ever weighed. And it's probably what I weigh now. But it was enough to me. Like, I got to <laughs> stop. I got to take care of this. I got to, you know, nip it before I become just the guy that's like, eh, I'm big now. That's what I do. Right you know? now. <laughs> um, you don't have to, like, be addicted to people who are overweight. But I always wonder, like, because yeah. I know a few people that I went to high school with that were, like, super thin, fit, in mm-hmm. great shape, like athletes. And I'll run into them every now and then. And it's like it's a hundred pounds heavier. Sure, easily. People change. More. Yeah, people change. It happens. But I just wonder how did it? Was it just ten pounds at a time, or you just blew up so quickly that it just became impossible to take the weight off? I was always curious about that. Like almost like they right. pick their brain, but it's rude. It's a rude, dickish thing. Well, to and it's up. also like shifting like chemicals and shit in your brain. Yeah, it could be a lot of too, different yeah. stuff. Yeah, thyroid problem, all sorts of. You know, you go through some tragedy, you just start eating like crazy. You know, I'm not. What are you getting? Over? Dude, I was that guy. I, I could just I ask gained, you. I gained like 50 pounds when I was like happy. I thought you were like an overweight kid though. No, I was a very thin like, oh, okay. fit dude until I was like 23 and then I got in a happy relationship and it all just went to hell. Because uh-huh. I was happy. So I just eat. Fat and happy, When you started dating Linda? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just got real happy, and then we didn't give a shit about Couples do that. Yeah. I've seen couples do that, where yeah. they just gain weight together. But thank God people were mean to me, because that's how I lost the weight. Thank so you're God all for the fat shit. Oh, bully the shit out of fat people, dude. <laughs> it depends get which people. Get out of here. Hell, I think out of here. Sean White jiggled my tits after his album recording, and that's why I lost 50 pounds. So thank you, Sean White, for assaulting me. That worked for you, though. I think everything's a good man. You know what else blah, I blah, learned? Blah. Here's more. You'll like this. Yeah. Here's what else I learned. <laughs> Fat shaming works, people. No, because no. it, it goes along with the. <laughs> I learned this in the same class. I learned all the the fast food fun facts. There's different theories of management, right? Yeah. There's theory X, Y, and Z mm. that a lot of business management classes teach. Or at least they were teaching in 2005, whatever. And theory X is basically you're a hard ass all the time. And so that's basically you're fucking bully me, yeah. treat me like shit to get yeah. me to do stuff. Mm-hmm. There's theory Y where it's like, hey, I'm your buddy. I'm, I'm the fun boss. I'm your friend. Yeah, let's, you know, that guy. Then there's theory Z, which I think theory Z is the most effective. It's the combination of the two. Yeah. But you have to start off as theory X first. Because if you start off as Y, like I'm your buddy, I'm your pal, then you shift to X going, you need to get these fucking papers done. I told you guys. No more sure. fucking around. It doesn't yeah. work. It's like, I can't respect you, you because you're already my it. friend. You know, I'll give an example without naming names because I, the people involved, it doesn't matter. But I did a comedy club. Let's put it um, in California. It's not in California. Let's put, let's put it there. And the owner it was a comedy condo was adamant about when you leave, everything has to be in a certain spot. Like there was labels everywhere. There's a label on the coffee table that said, do not put feet here. It's like, like, is this place on camera? How would you know if I kicked my feet up? On the <laughs> it was weird. Like everything, like flush toilet, put toilet paper in here. If you're this, the, you know, like just very anal and everything has to be in its proper box. And I remember on the drive back to L.A. Uh, getting Which, a, who are the, just side note, who are the people that you're hiring that you can't trust to just be a, like, Comedians. to clean up? Yeah, but then don't hire them again. There yeah. are plenty of fucking comedians. If someone trashes your place, that's true. hire someone else. But there's also a difference between trashing and you didn't put the fork where the fork is. Yeah, goes, exactly. Right? Like, what that's mean? what I mean. Like, that's too fucking, that's, that's too, too far. much. But it was funny. I got a text on the way back and uh, saying, 
three, uh, two comics, three beds, because the condo was a three-bedroom condo. And they had like a label going, here's where the headliner sleeps, here's where the host sleeps, here's where the feature sleeps. And the host doesn't stay. They always book a local host, right. you know. That's how clubs do it. And the feature, she didn't like the bed in the feature room. Like I had a complaint about her neck hurting the next day. So moved to the next bed. So then I got the text going. Two the feature was, in fact, Goldilocks. Yes. She's like, this bed just won't fly. <laughs> and uh, so he texts me saying, why is it that there's two of you but three beds? Hmm? And then he was he kind of texts him. Hmm? And then he goes, there better not have been another person there. And my head, I'm like, uh. well, if he thinks we're bringing another person back to like shack up with, why would they not sleep in the one of the beds we were in? <laughs> and then I, so I just text him. I go, because no. you have night terrors. Everyone yeah, knows that. Exactly. You're, you're a classic night terror. <laughs> this bed's for sleeping. That bed's for banging. No, uh, <laughs> this is my screaming bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started to rip out pillows. You know, what I mean? <laughs> is that what people with night terrors do? They rip apart their pillows. I just imagine fabric really? going everywhere. They can't move at all. They're like stuck. Oh, in they place. like paralyzed yeah. night terrors. I thought they were screaming. Scream. Right? They scream, not yet. I mean, they scream. Did you say not yet? They scream inside. I thought you said not yet. It's internal screaming. Okay, I don't know much about night terrors. We got to Wikipedia that, and we'll segue into that after this. Um, (laughs) So I just said, no, no, her neck hurt from the one bed. She shifted the other, switched to the other one. I think we took the sheets off all of them just because, you know, to be on the safe side. And then he was just like, ugh, so annoying. And then I remember being like, dude, you can't be the club owner who's mad about bed sheets when you offer cocaine to everyone 12 hours (laughs) earlier. Like that didn't make sense to me. Like it kind of made like it was, right. like, it was weird in a sense. I liked the guy a lot, but I remember going like, "That's not how that theory goes." You know what I mean? You can't no. be the fun. Ah, let's have a good time and smoke weed on the roof, and then slide into every. You know, why is there a smudge on this spoon? Did you? Did right, you I can't cut, believe did you, you, did you pick hurt, up a spoon and put it, it back. Unless I, you're doing like you hurt my like some sort of like you hurt my feelings. I can't believe like if you do it and that angle is so sad. Yes, that's that just would like be get a, the yeah. fuck over it. Come on, man. So I think about that theory. You need it. You would be one of those people where if I'm like your man, your coach, I'd, I'd have to pull you aside and make get your fucking head out of your ass. Web, let's go. Where there's first, other yeah. there's other athletes where you have to be like, listen, man, I. I just you're not playing up to your potential, and I think you got to dig down. You have to like sure. approach people differently. I totally, I'm, I'm you know not, what I mean. That's what I. Think I'm not is. a guy who thinks that one method works for everybody. I didn't. You literally come said across. fat shame everybody. I, no, I said <laughs> fat shaming works. I didn't uh, say it works okay. for everybody. Okay. Um, that's, but there, you know what though? That's fair. Approach it works the, for you. It doesn't work yeah, for everybody. Yeah, but also we're. This is all presupposing that fatness is inherently bad. And it fatness is if you have a physical job, which, which yes. I did, and yes. I needed to lose weight so I could do my job properly. What was your job? I'm sorry. I was a bike delivery guy for. Oh, Girl physical Park. job. Yeah, I was I, riding I, my bike at 26, I and I felt like I was 50 years old, and I was like, "This can't fucking happen anymore." Right. And then Sean right. tickled my tits and gave me the spark that I needed. Because yeah, there are some people who are overweight, but like are technically healthy. The, you know what I mean? Depending, yeah, depending. Obviously, you're. I don't know if this is the road we want to go down. Why? I don't know enough about because it. Because I've... Do you know a lot about it? Yeah. I don't like talking out my ass on subjects. Yeah, I mean, it's... Because remember when Monsanto got brought up all... 10 podcasts ago, and you were like, no, it's fine. Yeah. And I just Monsanto's said... Monsanto's fine. It might be, but my thing is, why not label it? That's the whole thing. The whole argument... Everything nowadays, you can, notice, is people yeah, have the wrong it. argument. One side will be like, <laughs> we got to label everything. The other side goes, it's perfectly fine. Well, it's perfectly fine when we label it. So then when I said that to you, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. Might as well label it. But the other side's yeah. like, well, it's a waste of a label. Well, who fucking cares? <laughs> I want to know what I'm eating. You know, it's thing. actually worse for the environment if you label things. <laughs> yeah. It's more paper and ink. Just stamp the side of the fruit going, here's what chemicals we put Where in it. Where are you getting those chemicals from? Let me stamps, know. Though. I just want to know where it's coming from. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I guess that's the trade-off. <laughs> 
Because I'm sure that's what those companies care about. Just Inc. stop going at fucking naturalnews.net or whatever, and then I you'll don't go to that stuff. I know I'm I talking to your audience there, out there. I think most GMOs from what I, let, I then later read up about it. After yeah. We talked about this, and this was like 30 episodes ago. Most GMOs do seem to be pretty good, yeah. and and some places need them desperately. Like there's places like yeah, third world countries, absolutely. Uh, one third world country is incredibly vitamin A deficient, and like a lot of children are like going blind. Mm. If you get no vitamin A the first decade of your life, that'll yeah, mess up fucked. your eye. Yeah. So mm. then, if you can mass produce that and get that to people cheaply and efficiently, yeah, totally. Yeah. So most of them are probably fine. There are some that are horrible, and let us know. Let us know which ones are which. And that's really what it comes down to. The shit that Monsanto did. Here's the shit that Monsanto did. And I come from a farming family. Um, okay. And the shit that Monsanto would do to is... To farmers is bad, yeah. Shitwood. Yeah, the way Shitwood they, sounds like a farming name. It's very it? farming, yeah. And it's... They would... If you ever grew yeah. with a Monsanto seed, like, they got a portion, if not... Like, they got the same royalties from your next so many harvests, even if you didn't use Monsanto seed. That's shady. Uh, Three days ago, I read an article that happened, I think it was last week or something, where uh, these four or five Indian farmers in India uh, grew the same breed of potato that Lay's uses for their chips, and Lay's sued them for like 150 grand each for growing the same potato in a different country, dude. Yeah, that's are Lay's chips big in India? Uh, I mean... Maybe. I don't know. Hey, I, I'll ask me on YouTube. Well, yeah, like who who the fuck knows? I could what, do poll questions yeah. on my YouTube. What they're channel. what they're using the potatoes for? But like, it's that, that's fucking outrageous. Like, right? GMOs are fine. The companies are not. Like, well, that's, and that's a crazy thing too about hemp because my family was looking into starting hemp farming. Um, not non THC hemp farming. Sure. <clears throat> if you <clears throat> if your crop of hemp has just even passed this certain limit of THC in oh. it. They burn your entire crop to the ground. I was talking to this dude I play That's Apex like with. Evil. He's a hemp farmer. He told me that same thing like three days ago. They just completely raise it, and you get nothing after. And hemp is one of the most labor-intensive crops to grow. It's also one of the most sustainable too. <clears throat> oh, like, it's great! It's great, and like the returns on it are massive. You can you make have so to... many things out of it, mm-hmm. like plastic. Well, the whole shit. history behind that was hemp versus cotton. Is really where it started from. And cotton, they were competing in like was the turn of the century. Paper? Well, both, because they both could, you know, but like at the turn of the century, this is from what I read. Yeah. Um, the last century, of course, 1918 to 1900s, they were competing, right? And hemp was just stronger and better. Yeah. But cotton was smart enough to pay off politicians. Yep. Mm-hmm. Evil enough, smart enough, whatever term you want to use. I, I'm very careful about words. Well, I'm still laughing like, about when we had Soreb on the podcast. Oh we God. said we said Hitler was a good speaker, and he acted like that we were endorsing Hitler. We're like, no, <laughs> we're not endorsing him. You could say someone's a good, he was clearly a good speaker, like duh. But yeah, he was an evil piece of shit. We wish never existed. He's like, I can't believe you guys are saying that. I'm like, yeah, because we, we we said Trump was a good marketer, and he looked at us like, oh, are you guys voting Trump? And I'm like, no, no what we just said. All right, he couldn't separate the two, but whatever. I, love, I hope <laughs> you're listening. I'm still fighting with him about that. Everyone shit. is. I've had people come to me going, did I hear that episode? <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> Honestly, I've had several people come up to me going, love the guy, funny dude, but I can't wait to get into it with him over that. Anyhow, but like, uh, so Cotton paid off the right politicians, and they're like, they, they legalized marijuana, which was grew from hemp. Because you, you meet someone who has a hemp shirt, it's the best shirt you'll yeah. ever see. Like all the everything related to that is just it's a better plant than cotton. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's what it comes down to. But 100 percent cotton mm-hmm. still sells like a motherfucker because it's just been driven into our brains for our entire lives. 100 percent cotton. So yeah. is that shirt 100 percent cotton? Mm, it's not 100 percent cotton. I don't like it. It's like 
I don't even know what that. What, Why you like stiff shirts? Who cares? Gross. <laughs> polyester, I refer, like, is itchy. I think I don't even know. Why, why is polyester I like bad? Like a nice blend. A good polyester. Poly blend. blend. Yeah, I like a good. A I like blend. cashmere. Both the Led Zeppelin Who songs and baby? the cloth. <laughs> I've never actually worn cashmere before. No, I think I did have one cashmere sweater. Maybe. I'm you, sure you've had a cashmere sweater. You, you, you sweet little Catholic boy. I'm sure you've had a cashmere sweater. <laughs> Isn't cashmere very expensive though? Yeah. I grew up but, incredibly middle yeah, class. Yeah, but. You know, there's TJ Maxx. Or maybe. I would have gotten it from Marshalls, if anything. Yeah, for I sure. I was a Marshalls kid. There you go. First nice pair of shoes I ever had was from Marshalls when I was 10, a pair of Fila. My- uh, Grand Hill, sorry. My my step, my ex-step-grandpa, so the the my dad's lot. second wife's um, dad. Okay. Filthy rich. Filthy fucking rich. Filthy, filthy rich. Um, by definition, it sounds like a rich person. Ex, yeah, my ex, <laughs> my, my ex stepfather. <laughs> um, he would go to he. I don't know who the fuck he had these deals with. I I feel like he was maybe involved in the mob somehow in Peoria because he ran a concrete company, Ooh. and his best friend is like this lawyer who's no, very. Concrete people are shady. I got a yeah. thing with that. I'll let you go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah, put a pin in that shit because yeah. he would just all of a sudden have. I don't know, uh, like 34 big boxes full of dress shirts. And I remember going over to his house with my dad and he'd be like, go through these, see what you want. And my dad would go through, pick out shirts he wanted and then pay my step, my ex step grandfather for the, sh- like he would buy the shirts. So it was TJ, Ma- <laughs> TJ Maxx, like shit on it, but it was like, fell off. I think it fell off trucks. Wow. Yeah. That sounds about right. I've never been in, I think I've been inside of TJ Maxx once. Very dirty. I just know the is it Sebastian Maniscalco has that one joke about TJ Maxx. I don't know. I think it was one of the jokes that kind of blew him up where he talks about he did like he's all act outs. He doesn't act out of someone at a TJ Maxx going like, mm, I don't know if I like this shirt. And then they roll it up and then chuck it across the <laughs> store. And that that is places like that where you go in there and you're like, what the hell? It's just a <laughs> why is disaster? nothing worth but belongs? Yeah. I worked at a guest clothing store for um, the actual store guest uh, for six weeks. And um, and you were like they weren't managing UX, and you were like I need I need X management, and yeah I couldn't I wasn't blossoming. Actually, I did okay <laughs> as a salesperson. It was funny I I applied for the job because a girl I knew, um, it's in in college was because I was like nineteen or twenty. She worked there, and she goes, "We're looking for like a stock boy." It's you know, here's it's like I don't know. It's like and if you Google boy. "stock boy," you get a picture of you. I'm a stock boy, <laughs> stock pick, and. Uh, <laughs> She, I was like, stock boy, cool. I'm in the back, right? And she's like, yeah, folding clothes and you know, bringing stuff in and whatever. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And the pay was like nine, ten bucks an hour, which I, for that year was fine. Yeah, it's minimum. Yeah, and it's better than minimum, I think, yeah. back then. Because um, oh, right. this was like 2005 or six, so it would have been 20 ish, 20. Yeah, but yeah. And anyway, uh, I went in for the interview, and they liked me a lot. So they're like, Do we want, we want you to sell, because you know, I was like, you got a personality, we got you. I'm like. All right. So I had to wear guest clothes, which was totally not my style at the time. <laughs> and um, everything fit way tighter than I was Question mark used on your to. ass. Yeah. You definitely had that weird, like, whatever. And um, and then the first week, they, I didn't even know they were keeping track of sales. I was just selling stuff. And they were like, you're only $100 behind, well, I don't know, we'll name her uh, Monica. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, Monica hasn't lost in 57 weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> like lost what? They're like, well, we have a competition every week. If you are the lead salesperson, you get like a gift card or something. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, a gift card to guess. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I could buy more clothes because I had to wear guest clothes every day. And thank you. 
Um, Whitney, pour me some more Jameson. We've got to get a whiskey sponsor in here already. We're really fucking up. Um, and yeah, it was. I remember just cracking jokes. I was, none of the mannequins had heads. <laughs> I remember they didn't. <laughs> and I remember at the front door there was one mannequin, and it was you know a female mannequin, and I would put my arm around it. Or her, hit, whatever. And I'm sorry, I'm being fucking weird about it all of a sudden. Because I'm like, gender wasn't a thing back then. This was a female mannequin. I asked them, and they were fine with that. Whatever. And um, There wasn't a thing back then. Was, Can that you know be the I'm name? Saying. Do you name the episodes? Can Jesus that be the Christ. name of yeah. the episode? There we go. I had my arm around the mannequin. And I remember, like, I would, girls would walk in, and I would be like, she's pretty hot from the waist down. What do you think? Or from the head down, she's pretty hot. Don't you think? You know, and they'd take a second and be like, oh, he's funny. Like, I, I didn't realize that I was subtly flirting when that's why I was selling stuff. Did you did you beat Monica? How close did you get? Um, that week I might have beat her actually, and then that's and then I you about quit, the and then you fucking quit. And no, she <laughs> took it hard. You were like, I just came here to ruin that woman's life. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> What's great. your concrete story? Oh, sorry. Yeah, go back to the concrete. Um, and then I'm gonna bounce back to guests because I quit that job in a really fun way. But the concrete story, because you're talking about the shadiness behind concrete. Yeah. Now. I don't know if this is true anymore, but for a while there was enough evidence where I believed it. This could be like a sh- old Chicago conspiracy theory. Um, for you listeners around the country, around the globe, Chicago is known as a very, very corrupt city. <sighs> Great city, despite itself, essentially. Favorite, honestly, m- my favorite city. A, a lot of people's, and I and I, I love this city to death. But there, it is great despite itself on it sometimes oh completely you know what i mean there's just stuff where you're like you can make this easier for everybody as a city yeah oh, where where are the part where where is where i'm paying to parking going yeah, who's getting that money exactly they're just really bad things like that so i um i had heard now now you, chicago has a really bad pothole problem like a lot of cities in the winter but i've heard ours is just way worse than everyone else so i was always really curious about that it's because we were the concrete industry was paying off like Mayor Daly, who's a the, you know mayor two mayors ago, and essentially because concrete well you know expands more, so when the weather goes to extremes, it cracks and all that stuff. That's why our streets are made of concrete. Right. Where if we would have done them of asphalt, it would be better for long term. I think you still do get piles potentially, but it's not nearly as frequent or as bad. As, or really, whatever. so the concrete industry is paying them off. And I thought about it. Driveways typically, when someone gets their driveway paved, what do they get it paved with? Asphalt. I can never. I've never heard of a story where someone's like, "I got to fix a pothole in my driveway," you know. Um, and it, it makes sense. Get the fuck out of here. Doesn't that make sense? It's a conspiracy theory. I don't have exact evidence. Yeah. But I've heard it from enough reliable sources. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, my as a, father as a being former... one of them, and he's not a conspiracy theory guy, but he worked in the neighborhood that the big concrete company that had a contract with the city uh, was from Bridgeport. You know, yeah. Which is where Mayor Daly was also from. So he like went to high school with these dudes, you know, government contracts, no bid contracts, you know, where it's like, Oh, well, you get the job. No bid. Essentially everybody means that we're just given the job instead of shopping for a better deal. You sure. Know? Like if you're going to get your, your bathroom redone, you're going to get a few quotes, you know, but they were just like, Oh, we're going to go with this company and they're charging us $4 billion that's what always kills me about, like, in this city, they recently redid the Belmont Blue Line. It's such a waste of money. It looks nice, but it was was that necessary? No. Did it make more people well, take because, the train? It's Did because it, it goes on fucking nine, at 94. It's because it goes right there, and everybody sees it. Yeah. When you're driving in, when you're going to O'Hare, that's the one you see. And if you're coming from O'Hare, what do you take? Yeah. The Blue Line. Yeah, exactly. It's, and that's why that Elon Musk thing that Rahm Emanuel was all about. Hyperloop? It was a hyperloop, which was going to take a train from da- from O'Hare Airport to downtown, 
maybe Clark and Lake stop, Washington. I don't know which stop. Oh, yeah, downtown. like 30 minutes or something. Yeah, which is essentially how long it takes. It takes 45 to go from O'Hare to downtown. What? So it's going to save 15 minutes, cost more money. And do more tunnels underneath. No, Maybe it was going to go fucking, 20 or 15. I don't make know. the stops fucking warmer. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm stops. so lucky that I have a car now because I lived here for a little a little kiss of time of like in 2013, 14. And I didn't have a car. And I was, I was fucking miserable, dude. Like, because I had, I lived in, I lived in Edgewater and I just, I, you'd have to, it was winter and you have to take the fucking train and it's i don't think the neighborhoods that far north side are any colder than the ones on the south side. no you know <laughs> no, you're by i was edge, way up an edge i'm water. by the water well no you get more of a lake effect that's for <laughs> damn sure you get more of a lake effect up there um yeah it's the the, the the city itself spends money in a way where i'm i would think of it oh we're gonna spend 40 million dollars on some new project unless it's for safety i think how could this attract more people to increase the revenue behind it that's how i right. look at either it. you either you and or either you and you like re-establish infrastructure or what we should be doing is building more fucking affordable housing like that or all of the money should be expand. going to affordable housing like well, yes i would agree with that too but or expand in the sense that how about more stops how about a new line that connects different oh, on lines? the train on the trains mm-hmm. because then if anything those th- more stops would equal more any the number one infrastructure spending has always been an economic boom mm. no matter in what part of the country right because those construction workers need to eat a food truck pulls up they got to sell some stuff or whatever local restaurants nearby they got to eat you know what i mean like there's mm-hmm. just money gets spent in those areas right so if there was new stops a bar or two would go up near those stops a restaurant or two would go up near those stops any kind of store there's there's parts of this town that are good neighborhoods they're safe neighborhoods, but there's just not a lot of foot traffic. Maybe make public transportation a little bit better. There'd be more foot traffic. Foot traffic would fill up some more empty storefronts, and that's just you know better for everybody. I look at sure. stuff like that. Affordable housing would be great in the in a. In I mean, a lot you have you have to fucking rebuild Chicago's the south pretty side. Good, though, on the stuff. south side, you have to put fucking places where people can live. You have to create community like organizations. Sucks, sucks you have to get to transportation there. Have you Past watched? Past 95th. There's nothing. Nothing. Have you seen that video? It goes video? to 130th. Have you seen that video 95th. where it's like the red line, it's just the security camera on the red line, and you watch as it goes from the south side to the north side, and it just complete. It just goes from black to white. And it's oh, definitely. fucking harrowing. It's a... Very segregated. Well, city. and you want like there's this show on Netflix right now called Rhythm and Flow that's like a rap competition. Yeah, it's a big billboard for that right by. It's a couple blocks away from here. Yeah, yeah. very very cool show. Yeah. And it's Cardi B goes to New York, Ti goes to Atlanta, and then Chance is here getting people. And the entire fucking narrative of being here is everyone's like, oh, my brother got shot. Oh, I. I have to stay inside. Oh, and it's like, fuck, it doesn't have to be like that. The violence in Chicago for and most of the country does not get this because they just think Chicago is violent as a whole. I remember this one comic. I'll mention her name. I don't think she would care if I did. Kelsey Cook. Very funny. Everyone look her up. She did Fallon not that long ago. Um, was it Fallon? Yeah. She was visiting Chicago. I don't know when, but she was staying at the W Hotel, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. But she was like. Hey, is it like safe to go out around oh, here? Come on. I'm like, yes. Right. But like, you know, your reaction being like, oh, come on. 
I don't even blame her. She's going off of the. This is her first time in the city. I She's guess. going off the national media. The oh come on should be toward the national media mm-hmm. because the city itself is three war zone neighborhoods and the rest of the neighborhood yeah, city is very, very safe. It's very concentrated. It's incredibly concentrated. Spots. And any city with concentrated poverty is going to have crime rates that yeah. are high. It just goes. That's just the way it goes, and it goes across backgrounds too. It's Hispanic, white, black. Concentrated poverty it leads to crime. It's a lot of people with nothing, no hope, nothing going on. You know, gangs form because people band together and they think I, I could, I can make money doing this, but he's going to try to make money, so we got to have each other's back, and we'll take this part, and they'll take that part, and then you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm basically describing shit that most people I think probably would know, but maybe don't hear it enough, and that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. It's unfortunate too. There's they call them food deserts because a lot of grocery stores closed up down there. That happened in my hometown in Peoria. That happened. There was a Kroger. There was one Kroger. There used to be an Aldi, a Kroger, and a Thompson's Food Basket all in this in this area. That was essentially it was the like all the affordable housing, all of the like assisted living kind of area, and the Thompsons closed a few years ago. Aldi's closed, and then Kroger's just closed recently. Yeah, and now, and now everyone from there who can, who physically has the ability to get to the to a Kroger's, get goes to the one that's in like my my hometown is called Bartonville, which is right near yeah Peoria. Um, and it's just a it's swamping that Kroger's, and b the whole reason that they closed down the Aldi was because they were like our trucks our trucks are getting are getting robbed too much our trucks are getting robbed too much. Yeah, and it's, it's a like, vicious cycle. Higher, higher. Two fucking security guards. Hire two security guards to be there. It's a little bit more overhead, but you're still getting the money from the food. You're like, come on. Just you have to to show up and go through the hard part. That's the I feel like overall like corporation wise and largely like city wise, there's a lack of showing up through the hard shit. It's well, like no showing up. There, well, there's no, everything. Well, that's why. But let me ask you right. this though: it's all to, corruption. Dude. Right. To, to look on both sides just for a second, um, it's not even corporations. There's a lot of mom and pop, you know, bodega type yeah. stores that yeah. used to exist that uh, it closed up because they're getting robbed constantly. Yeah. So it is this vicious cycle. Crime gets so high it's a that new business problem. does not want to come in, and if new business doesn't come in, then <clears throat> you know things stay bleak. Yeah. You know, I know, like, growing up in my very middle-class neighborhood, when any, whenever something new opened, people were, like, excited about it. Yeah. It was, like, a fun thing. Yeah. And um, I, I just think if you're in a neighborhood like that, if you're a kid growing up there and you're seeing the same old abandoned this, abandoned that, yeah, what, what are your options? Either get good in school and get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Or you end up joining a gang. And so the people get the fuck out of there. Don't go back. So you're losing good citizens. It's what my dad – my dad always said a funny thing about where the public schools fucked up. When they started doing all these magnet schools, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, because essentially you had these these kids who were sm- – the smart kids in the neighborhood were being like, you're too smart for this school. We take you out. Then that school that they got taken out of were like, your test scores are really low. And the school's like, well, you took every smart kid we had out of here. Right. So, yeah, of course, on average, our test scores were going to go down. We had a bunch of really smart kids who were succeeding in this environment. You told them they had to go somewhere else, which brought down our actual scores. Yeah. So now you're saying we're doing everything wrong. And now it's a fight to get more funding, and and you're wondering if the dollars we're spending. It's like, how about just keep them in the same atmosphere, like you know, or adjust and the, the curve are, for the school. That or lost yeah, adjust the, the curve. Or if there are people who are like really intelligent, who are like you think you're too smart for a school, 
add some after school programs that could help grow yeah. their whatever they're mm-hmm. into robotics or I, I don't know I'm, I'm talking about my ass right now it shouldn't be stuff, it shouldn't but. be about plucking it shouldn't be about picking the like it shouldn't be about plucking the ripest fruit it should be about getting the whole fucking tree yeah. yes yeah um yeah because at that level that's where I I even have like staunch Republican friends who they do agree that um and these are usually the ones who are like I'm Republican because I believe in like if you're a small government Republican, low tax, but also have some libertarian points of views on some stuff, I could at least roll with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I could be like, all right, that makes sense. If you're a Republican that's like lesbians cause hurricanes, fuck off, right? <laughs> I do. Um, you know, I mean? many, many yeah. hurricane. <laughs> There'd be it's great. True. Lesbians should have a sex move called the hurricane. Just to piss off like the Jerry Falwell. Wait, hang on. No, do you think because... sex is like a professional wrestling match where someone announces the move? You gotta bring this I up don't know what lesbians lesbian do. <laughs> I don't watch lesbian porn out of respect. No, there's no, a no, really saying, cool. There, but you know how, like, uh, I don't mean to cut you off. The, the Santorum, I always thought was the funniest thing. Oh, ever. yeah, that was a good move. That was a solid move. For I'm bringing a, a up my dad a second person. time, but like when Santorum was running for president in like what, 08 or 2012, remember he ran yeah. for a little bit? He was like yeah. in the debates when yeah. they had like 20 people on stage. The funniest thing is like, and I got mad when someone did one of those stupid things. You're not all three of these at one. That's like a new tr- Twitter trend. People are like, no one's all three of this. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this, this and this. And it's like, okay, you're wrong. Because I just, I hate that because I think it's more divisive and I know they're just doing it for cheap likes. Right. But, um, cheap. Because my dad is, you know, an old school Chicago guy. So he sounds like an old school Chicago guy, sure. but he's also very progressive. So I'll never forget, like, I wasn't living at home, but I, like, stopped by. You know, I used to stop by on the way to, like, gigs because sure. it was on the way to, you know, they live in the city. And I would actually, I live further west in the city than they did. So I was usually. I'd stop at home on my way to other shows. Anyway, and you know, I'd shoot the shit with my dad, and I remember him being like, hey, "Did you hear what the gays did?" I'm like, "Wait, what?" And then he goes, "I mean, it was no. Dan Savage, but it was like a he would he would say something like that, but follow with a positive. Right? He'd be like, "No, that Santorum guy was like a real piece of shit. He's like an asshole towards gays." And then he'd be like, "I hate when they say stuff like it's different beliefs. No, you're an asshole. Just say you're an ass, you know that." And he goes, "Anyway, they have this." I go, "Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I just said because I knew what the move was. I just don't want my dad repeating it." Yeah. For those of you who don't know, James, you know what the Santorum is? No. Okay. I'm, I might get it wrong. It's the gay community, gay male community. Um, Rick Santorum was a senator who's famously anti-gay. Right. And, and Dan Savage, who's a podcaster. Dan Savage did. He coined who does it. like a love cast thing He's cool. where he gives sex advice. Coined, guy. Coined the term. He, re, he retooled Santorum to mean. To mean like the, like the leftover... After you have anal sex, like the leftover, like what froth or what's the word yeah, I'm looking for? I think it's probably froth. I yeah. think froth. They call that the Santorum. Like the frothy mix of yeah, poop ass juices and, and cum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's now called the Santorum, which I think is like the best revenge. I think that's great to right. be like, oh, you hate us, Well, we're gonna name gay acts after you. Mm-hmm. That that cracks me up. Anyhow, I cut you off. Before. There's oh, you're gonna tell me about what the hurricane was in the lesbian community. No, is it, wasn't. it just like a tongue move? Or <laughs> it absolutely wasn't. Um, it it what I was gonna say is a bit serious, and then we can get away from it. But there, I forget. It was in New York. I think it was. I think it was in Brooklyn, and I don't remember all of the exact details. But there was a concept of policing that was called the broken window policy, and the idea was you go to where there's broken windows. The idea was created, you go to where there's broken windows or there's things that are code violations and you write tickets for those things so that the windows have to be fixed so that the way the the way the neighborhood appears 
lives up to like the people who are there like makes the like makes the inhabitants be like oh yeah we're in a cool place this is like safe and cool but then what it got turned into through policing was they just hyper policed those neighborhoods and just wrote tickets and arrested and inevitably shot unarmed Uh, black people as opposed to doing uh, exactly what the person and that's that's the shit that ends up happening. Yeah, good intention. At any rate, New Santorum, York's with the New York has three times Chicago's population, I believe. I think we're just under three million. We're like what two point eight, two point nine, maybe. And New York is like eight three, so like it's way bigger, and yet they have way less total murders. We we tip we come in the last five years. We're coming in at what a five fifty, almost six hundred average, maybe five hundred average of homicides per year, and they were like two fifty, three hundred. Right, which is way less. By well, and that's population. I wonder if that is partially due to the the fact that there isn't a place, there isn't really a place in New York anymore that is the bad neighborhood. Yeah, because it's and it's unaffordable. And right, right? and we've created in this city we've that I love and I adore and is my favorite city and like we've created and pushed uh, underserved, underprivileged people. Well, here's something. I know we're getting real Chicago, Black, everybody. Yes, I, I know we're getting real Chicago, everybody. So if you're national listeners, I think this is just kind of interesting overall for what the city's doing. I think all other cities will have this. Uh, Chicago is the only major city, to, according to the last census, that lost population. The only major yep. city that lost population. Really? And the state of Illinois has lost population like the last two to three censuses in a row. But um, <clears throat> the, the number one group of people who are fleeing the city of Chicago... This is always surprises some people when I say it is middle class black people. They're the number one demographic leaving sure. the city. Sure. Because, you know, if if you're doing well, middle class is well as far as I'm concerned, as far as everyone should be concerned. And your neighborhood's gun violence constantly, you know, things are closed up left and right. There's no real hope. But I, you know, everything's kind of inconvenient because you gotta, you know, drive everywhere, even if they're you do a public transportation. Because some of the some really bad neighborhoods actually have great public transportation. You know, Inglewood, the green line and red line, I'm pretty sure go through the Inglewood. Right. I'm pretty sure. And it's still just bad. Like Inglewood has one square mile, dude, that has thirty six known sex offenders. Thirty six registered sex offenders living in, in like a square mile. Which square mile is not that big, everybody. It's really not, you know? And um, so those, you know, if you're a person who's in doing well and you're like, this is bad. I know there's there's a part of you naturally that's probably like, ah, oh, this is I got history. Or I want to fight for this. And there's another part where it's like, I don't need this fucking headache. I don't I want to have my children have a better life. So then they they move out. They move to mm-hmm. suburbs or they move to different states. And so I wonder, though, the difference, though, New York, in a sense, pushed out poor people. Which is probably why their crime did go down. Right. Not to say right. that I didn't all, even think of not yeah, to yeah, say yeah, that yeah, all yeah, poor yeah. people are criminals. I hate that notion. I really I like not to put it out there. It's correlative though. It, it, yeah. Yes. Statistically that does correlate and, and that does you know, it goes across all races, you know. Yeah. Right. Just, and the definition of crime is very like is very wiggly. Like sex work shouldn't be a crime. I would agree like, with that, yeah. There's things that are obvious necessities for survival that yeah, I mean, there's just some systems where, and not that sex work is is done out of necessity always. No, yeah, some of it's forced. Yeah, for sure. Some of it's by choice. Where they're like, right, right, right. It's by choice, I, and this is fun, and I can make some money. You know, totally. other of it's just really dire fucking situations or forced, uh, like slavery type things. Um, 
sex slaves. Uh, I shouldn't have said sex slaves with any kind of inflection because it made it sound like sex slaves. Hey, that's fun, right? No, it's not. Um, but uh, fucking, this is still supposed this to be a comedy, a pod. comedy, it's a comedy podcast. podcast. Right. We went, we got serious for right, a while. Let's have a fun one. Let's we talk got about serious. Fun. Right, I went to slide. a chiropractor today for the first time. Did you know? <laughs> I did. Fucking get out of here with car. Like, okay, I went to. So first of all, it was a walk-in clinic where you where you pay like twenty nine dollars to get an adjustment and then like an evaluation and they try and sell you a package. So that kind of threw me off to begin with. But then the fucking dude, he like, he was too chill. I was like, you're gonna be dealing with my bones, dude. Like, don't be as fucking chill as you are. Like, kind of be more on your shit. And he was like, yeah, the mind connects to the body. And like, yes, oh, I'm a fucking dude. witch. I sure. But like, get the fuck out of here. Crack my things and. He he didn't like the neck part. Do you go to a chiropractor? Ever? Never. I could probably use this. This is the shit though. He did. He got to my neck. He did the neck got part. Got bad posture. He did the neck part one way, and he get your neck cracked. He cracked my neck, and he was like, mm, "Feel better." He kept being. He was very pompous too about the shit he was doing. He was like, "Oh, isn't that great? Don't you feel better?" And I was like, "Shut, shut up!" And he cracked my neck one way, and I was like. Oh man, that's whew, that's fucking scary. That's really scary. And he's like, I know it's hard to give your body over sometimes. And I was like, nope. What are you? Fu yes, to a stranger, it is hard to give my neck cracking over to. Yes. Well, anyone's gonna be nervous when someone's fucking with their spine in their neck. And also very the cavalier oh, about it. What a it weird all. way to say give your give your body over to me. I was like. Yeah, I'm going to be tense as shit. And then, Can uh, I ask were... you a question? What, what do people wear in a chiropractor? It's not like a massage, right? You're no, I close. just wore this. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. this exactly. I don't know if they were like, get under a towel like you when you get a massage. Right. So I've never gotten a professional massage either. I'm due for a oh, lot of things. Oh, very good. Those are very fun. I've done a float tank. That's the, the coolest. I've never done a float coolest, tank. But the what is... most relaxed, um, relaxing. So good? This guy could do commercials for it. He's all obsessed wow. with it. James Webb over here. That good? Uh, dude, I do it at least once a month. Where are you? There's a like a Downtown like a float. Well, I liked it a lot, but I don't think it was once a. I don't know. Do fun. you play? Is it like a sound? No, it's complete silence. Sensory deprivation. Nothing. It's sensory deprivation. Yeah. You can't hear. You can't feel. You can't smell. You can't taste. You can't see. It's just you and the void. It sounds like a lot. I have to sit with my thoughts. It's a lot. Are you kidding me? See, that's the thing about he doesn't realize. Like with comedians, we're all little cuckoo in the head. You know are you I mean? that way too? Where you? I'm. I can't. Not have noise. I have a very hard time not, and I get it from my mom. I, my mom has the TV on all night. As a family, we we had the TV on all the time. I uh, I I need yeah, I need some kind of noise. I had a thing where I was on an episode of Chicago Med. Not Brad, not bragging. Everybody. I did PD. You did PD. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I had a, I don't know what your role was, but I had a whopping two lines, and um, oh, I had a monologue. They, baby. Oh, you did? Nice. Yeah. I got to watch that episode. Is it come on? Has it been out? Yeah. It's I look awful. Because oh, I, was gonna... play, I was playing a drug addict, and I look awful, and I told no one about it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I didn't know that about you. No, God, no, I looked fucking awful. Oh, they I'm going to look it they up. Were do, as they were doing my hair, I was like, can I? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing you're doing your lines well, in Chicago I'd be Med. shirtless, which is always my biggest fear in oh, life. I'm never shirtless. Okay, great. Anyway, though, I uh, I played a stab victim. And you know, oh, that's so much cooler. Yeah, I, bl I you know, I, my character ends up having a major surgery, so they did like... Um, like a, a body double out of like a you know a thing you know what I mean? What's the word? Fuck like? you! Like a like a cast, a like cat, a body yes. cast. So I had to go into this warehouse um, on the west side, and it was really warehousey. Do you remember going like this is the right dress? What the fuck am I doing here? And, <laughs> yeah. and I felt like this is like where people get murdered. And um, they, I had to get down to my underwear basically. I'm glad I wore clean underwear that day. And they like dumped all this like goo on me over my head first, and they were gonna do it all the way down to like my chest and get like a 
like a body double. I mean, right. Like, I, I'll, I can show the picture eventually yeah. to people. And um, while they were doing it, they, they did warn me. They go, well, you, you know, your eyes are going to be closed because we're going to put the stuff. So you got to close your eyes, close your mouth. We'll give you nose ho- like holes for your nose. So you breathe, you're just going to breathe out your nose. I'm like, how long does this take? They're like, hopefully we'll get it with under an hour and a half. <laughs> I remember being like, all right, I could do this, you know. Um, you know, so everything my agent even got me like a little bit of a pay bump for it. So I was like, okay, I, yeah, I can handle this. It's fine. No big deal. Maybe 15, 20 minutes in, I started like telling them I was doing this with my hands because I couldn't talk. And they were like, oh, shit. We, and they had to rip it open. So they ruined it. So I had to redo another one. And I said, I'm like, I couldn't swallow. I had to swallow when I couldn't. And I started to freak the fuck out because I couldn't breathe. Oh, fuck. And then I told them I also started to feel faint. And they're like, did you not eat? I'm like, I did eat a little something, but I didn't, eat, I didn't realize this was going to be so intense were yeah you know. no shit and then i said to him i go also like i'm really sorry i know we have to redo it they gave me like a granola bar so i'm pounding that like i'm so sorry it's so embarrassing you know and because I, I really feel like i was gonna pass out and i go can we also put some music on and they're like they all looked at themselves like oh my god we are so sorry we normally, we normally always had music on i go yeah because the lack of music is what was killing me because it was just me and my brain yeah <laughs> i couldn't like honestly everyone listening if you're listening i People listening, I'm saying if you're listening, obviously you're hearing this. <laughs> to everyone listening, I want you to imagine being fully awake. You're not sleeping. You can't sleep while they're doing this because I had to stand. You're fully awake, but your eyes are closed. Close your eyes. Close your mouth. And you can't really hear that well because the stuff's going over your ears. So that's three major senses gone. And just be in your brain for what they're asking for an hour and a half. Now, granted, I only made it 20 minutes, but that was enough. So I'm I was like, let's play some music. Do like... They said they normally do. They just it slipped their mind. They no, were all but I'm surprised they didn't do like neck down and then like have you sit and do shoulders up. Yeah, that would have been better. I don't, I I guess, don't know why I, it <laughs> I guess they just like had a mold and then poured into I it. I don't know. And... Maybe they wanted to torture me. It was weird though either way. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a fun... It was fun though. It was a good first television appearance or not Holy first but shit. like first uh was that my first yeah first with lines how dare you i had Sullivan and something where i got cut how do i compare it to what how dare you compare that to isolation tanks or your mouth is your mouth like it's you're, very you're above... i'm saying if you don't have like anything if you're in your brain that long it gets weird man you're just like you're thinking but too that much sounds so stressful yeah, that does sound terrible. You can't swallow. I know. Yeah, you're great. That's very true. <laughs> isolation tanks. You're floating in water. In the most, you're floating in the most comfortable water. Yeah. I mean, you're by yourself. You can play with yourself if you wanted to. You can, there's stuff Please you could don't. do. No, because other people use the what tank. What is the? But they you use could. the same water. They you don't could, drain they, the water. The one I went to, they said no, you could go in naked. That, I do it naked every time. Yeah, you, you go in naked. To. No, they. Uh, it's a. It's, it's a so saline. much salt water you can't go under. So if you fall asleep, you're just floating. You have permanent you can't buoyancy. Can't go underwater. Yeah. And it's they they uh, heat it to the temperature of your skin, so you can't feel it. What? So it's just you, how much? How much is how much is it a sesh? I think the first sesh is thirty bucks for an hour. Groupon. You can find this, deals on Groupon. Yeah, Groupon right. deals. I did like a, I did like fifty bucks for like ninety minutes. On the Are one. they going to try and crack? Ninety my minutes back? was too long. Do sixty. No, will they be crack good for my your neck? Back. Crack your own back. Let's all go. What's wrong right. with your neck and back? Where you just is it just something you? you yeah, I've had like or? so I've had like chest pains recently, and my friend who's a Muay Thai boxer was like, "Oh, because I went to the do- I thought I had the vaping sickness, and I went to the doctor, and they were like, you 'You're an idiot, you don't.'" And I was like, "Well, I'm terrified,' and they're like, 'You're fine,' um, and she was like, "Go to a chiropractor, get your because it's probably like something's out of a line, and then it's just like transferring up to your to your sternum and it didn't help i'm actually in like my back hurts now because oh, no. it didn't and then also i was leaving and there were a bunch of crystals on one of the tables and again i'm witchy as shit 
But I'm like, oh, do you guys like do do you like sell crystals? Do you do crystally stuff? And he's like, oh, I'm a Reiki healer as well. What is that? Can you explain? Oh, Reiki, Reiki. Is, I have no idea. What Reiki that is. is you lay on that you lay on a table and then someone puts their hands over you. They don't even touch you. <laughs> they just put their hands. And if I want to, I you pay sixty dollars to have someone wave at you for an hour is what happens. And your eyes are closed and they're just like. And we think and billionaires listen. are the problem. Come on. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> and here's the thing. If it works for you, it fucking works for you. Great. I I like am not super I don't subscribe to that that much, but also I don't want the person who's dealing with my literal bones to also be a Reiki healer. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to do a bit about it and I feel you like should. it's yeah, I feel like a chiropractor being a Reiki healer is like an OBGYN being a ventriloquist. It's like yeah. they're fine that you have those yeah. two things but not in the same space. Like you need to be two different people at work. Why ventriloquist cuz they also put their hands up something? Yeah. There we go. All right, I like that. And I can't do magician cuz Shannon Knoll does that hilarious bit about their therapist being a magician oh yeah they do have that okay yeah i remember that bit that's funny yeah chiropractor i don't know i my wife went to one she's got a second appointment coming up and um she feels like it helped so far massage definitely get a massage i need to get a massage yeah i definitely need those I, are I great have to do some stuff coming up soon oh the last massage i, I got some. so last massage i got i wanted to play my own music because they usually play what music. do you like um, like that, that playlist is like super chill. Like, oh. oh yeah, for sure. It's all, it's all Slayer actually. Yeah. That's funny that, um, I, and I made a playlist and then it had a lot of the same songs as my sex playlist has. Cool. You have a sex playlist? I do. Oh, I can't um, wait to hear this. Yes, and I accidentally picked the sex playlist. Yeah. <laughs> so could we get during my massage? I was getting like, okay, let me find it. On? Let me find. No, yeah, I'm gonna play it. That's the rest of the podcast, right? As I'm just playing the. Here, I'll find the perfect. The, songs, yeah. the perfect example of a song on there. Um, James, do you have a sex playlist? Uh, no, I don't either. Just kind of go with. We should get one. Whatever's happening. Yeah, well, I'm gonna snipe from this. So. Yeah, I'm gonna see. Oh, like I'm gonna get Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Do you know that song? That sounds oh, good. Yeah. That's, that's growing on me. A nice at first, in at there. first, I didn't really think about it, but now I really like that. That song's growing on me. I like it. Um, there. She's, she's got a sexiness to her. She have, how old is she though? Uh, seventeen. Okay, great. <laughs> Shut up. Is she really seventeen? Yes. No, not anymore. Fuck she's off. older than is that. Is she seventeen? Yes. Oh, I feel like a creep. her brother. Her brother. <laughs> I didn't know how old she was. Her brother produces her music, and I feel like that's more unsettling. I only the only thing I know about her is from the SNL thing that she did recently. And you can't tell her age in that. She's like wearing weird clothes. I mean, she, yeah, she looks like she's twenty. So. Oh, yeah. she is seventeen. Yeah. Fuck. No, wait, that can't You're be right. Five, I don't. Dude. I don't say. Come on, man. You're five. All right. <laughs> she is now, right now, seventeen years you know old. Who else was seventeen? Lord was like sixteen or seventeen yeah. when that first album came out. Yeah, but I feel like she that, looked like that 41. Billie Eilish record is so sexual. I feel like. I feel like. Yeah. But then a good point is so was Britney Spears's. Yeah. True. That's True. the music industry doing this. To yeah, us. but it's a little but, creepy in a sense, isn't it? But Britney, Britney Spears, Spears was manufactured by a label. Yep. Billie Eilish is it's manufactured herself. with her brother. That's weird. Which, That's very weird. And she should be completely empowered to be as sexual as she wants. Yeah, go for but it. But there is a squiggliness for me you that know, it's her brother being like, Yeah, so you're 
do you remember the song where it was like, uh, I wish I could be one, like one of the cool kids or whatever? I think it's by, I can't Dead remember. Dead Eye of the Cool Kids yeah. is all the cool kids. I can't sing that, so I'm not pretending to. Yeah, well, um, clearly I can't either, so. Yeah. I wish that I could be like, I can't sing it. But anyway, it's, it's a decent song, and I can't remember who it's by. Thank you very much for yeah. filling that. Um, oh, that went heavy. But I remember Sorry. seeing the music video. Yeah. Like, you know how some bars will have the music videos playing? Yeah, yeah. And I really was like, oh, the lead singer is really pretty. And then, of course, like 17. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? This, she looked like Carrie Russell now. And I'm like, how the, you know what I mean? Right. And anyway, though, the whole band is siblings. And then so I started to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like, so that made me think, what is with 17 year old attractive lead singers being like, <laughs> paired with their siblings? Siblings. Hanson, another great example. Yeah. <laughs> Pornhub, stop with the step sibling stuff, okay? I'm not into it. Every time I log on, you're suggesting, though, enough. Good God. I mean, Joe, they're not actually related. You know that, right? I know. Why can't they just fuck without that weird backstory then? You know what I mean? I like the roommates one. There's one that they're doing that's kind of like roommates where it's like, that they're doing? Do you follow us? Pornhub. There. There is Pornhub. The greater there. The royal there. You know, Pornhub's like an aggregate. Like, there's specific. um... That's like me saying YouTube. You see what YouTube's been doing to me lately? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's part of the strategy. We'll go to that and we'll we'll close on that because I want to actually, I'm going to state, you know what I'm going to do, James? What? Because I feel really bad. There's been several. I, I should write this out as a poem. I'll, I'll do a post too. Yeah. So I think you're gonna say a poem. Poem. Yeah, I'll do it as a poem. <laughs> right, this is a poem. I'll do iambic oh, pentameter. Um, and I'll, yeah. I'll and do it but I find that I do it. <laughs> What's a sonnet? Sixteen lines. Um, now you have to find out for me. Is it sonnet sixteen or fourteen? Oh, Google that. I used to be pretty Chicago good. I used to know all that stuff. Pulled up. Hold on. I had a time in my life. You where said iambic I, pentameter. That's pretty good. Uh so. I've had, a, I've had a lot of comedians ask me because, as, as the podcast listeners know, that, um, you know, I went from like 185. 14 lines. 14. All right. 16 to 14. is close. I had 185 YouTube subscribers. And they all rhyme except the last two, right? Yes. I think that's correct. Maybe it's 16 oh, lines, 14 rhyme. The last two don't. The last two is a couplet. Couplet, yeah. Oh, it's a couplet. All right. Uh, so with, uh, with the YouTube, the YouTube, I'm like an old man again. <laughs> I... Um, we released the album as a special starting July 25th, where we released it in the chapter. I guess we're talking about that now. What were we talking about before? Billy, let's go back to your sex playlist. Sorry, everybody. I'm teasing my YouTube thing. I was, I was basically saying this. I was basically, we'll get back to hot 17 year olds. Me and Paul McCartney. She was just 17, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know what? I always loved that song, though, because I met my wife when we were both 17. So I used to. We, That's I remember perfect. Doing, so very we're, cute. We were the same age. It's fine then, right? Someone told me recently, I was like, Oh, I would love Kelly Kapowski. They're like, you creep. She was 16. I'm like, yeah, but I was nine. So fuck off. Right. I'm not, for sure. I'm not saying it now as a 35. Well, now 35. God, I, I just turned 35 like a month ago. So I, or less than a month ago. I keep saying 34. And then my brain's like, Joe, you're not 34 Where are you anymore. Stu- what age are you stuck at? My, I feel like we in all my get, mind. Yeah, we all get stuck at it. Like there's a mental age that we all get stuck at. What are you? Do you it have was an age? 27 until I had a child at 32. So now I think of myself as a 32 year old because I have kids. I think I'm 28. I don't know why. Yeah. I was what 27. is? Uh, I'm 21 all day, baby. 20, 21 all day. Talking to the mic, sound engineer. <laughs> no, I'm fucking. No, I feel my age. Okay. I'm just tired a lot. Oh, so. you, yeah, but you, you don't accidentally. If someone's like, really, really, really "How old really are you?" You immediately are like, "I'm this age." Yeah. You don't have to go. Oh, thirty three all day, baby. Wow, thirty four in a week. So come, come get me with my oldness. <laughs> there was one time we did a podcast. Where 
they were calling me old and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a year older than him. And the other person was the same age. And it was like when we had three people and I go, why the fuck are you guys giving me older? Like, well, you have kids. And I'm like, oh, well, we're the two of them. I you think also, Jonah's older than me and whoever else it was was older than me. Jonah's older than you? Jonah's older than me. Jimmy's older than me. Yes. And that, How old are you right now? I'm 30. 30. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people. Oh, who else was it? Toby. Yeah. Toby McMullen's like acting like we were so far apart in age. He's like, well, my generation. I'm like, how old is I go, he? I go, he's 31. I don't know, 30, he's 31. 31 years old. We were like, I'm like, dude, I think when I was a senior, you were going into freshman year or eighth grade. It was like, it was enough where I'm like, okay, we're, we're not the same age, but for you to act like generationally speaking, fuck off, dude. I, was like, I mean, we're buddies and I was laughing about it, but I was like, dude, how fucking old do you think I am? Oh, speaking of uh, TV crushes, I don't know if I told this story on a, on a POC pod. Ooh, it's POC, people of comedy, but smartly because you are elevating voices. Um, um on a People of Comedy podcast before, but I I had this huge crush on Alyssa Milano in Charmed. Hell yeah, dude. Phoebe, I was nuts about, crazy about Phoebe. One time I had a dream about her. I had a dream about her. She rode up on a horse. I was, I was eight. She rode up on a horse in my dream. She reached her hand down. I got on the horse. We rode off together. I was eight, nothing. I was just crazy about her. I was nuts about her. And I like, after I had that dream, I was like, oh, I have to. I have to tell my mom that I'm in a relationship with an older woman. I don't know. What I, mean. <laughs> I don't know how to tell her. And then a week later, I had a dream. Same dream. Horse rides up. Hand reaches down. Pulls me up onto the horse. And it's Rose McGowan. Yeah. And you I were am falling not, asleep watching Charmed. Is what was not, happening? But I'm not exaggerating. I was emotionally a wreck for about three weeks because wow. I had dream cheated on Alyssa Milano. <laughs> well, do you know what happened with Grace Anatomy this past week, right? No. No. But, no I'm what not. is that sentence? What is that sentence you just said? James, Google Grey's Anatomy Charmed. Thank you. Wait, was there a crossover? Yes. What? There you was. You are shared I universe? Swear to You're God. You're fucking... In the hospital? I swear to God, me. Alyssa Milano and the one that's not Rose McGowan were on the episode. Holly Marie this, Combs. Yes, this past episode. As Phoebe and... Uh, Look at James's face. Am Ooh. I wrong? Am I wrong? No. No, I'm not wrong. I'm right. What was her name? Phoebe. It was Phoebe Piper. Well, explain the headline you're reading right now that's making your jaw drop. Grey's Anatomy shares a first look at its Charmed Reunion. Charmed Reunion. We had a Charmed Reunion on the latest episode of Grey's Anatomy. That's why I thought you were bringing it up. And they're playing their characters? Yes. That's why as I brought it up and you were like, what the f-? You gave me a look like, this is the dumbest segue ever. I'm like, no, there's some no, merit. No, no, no. Here's what was weird. Was the sentence, did you see Grey's Anatomy <laughs> this week? <laughs> I mean, it's like, did you see the latest on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> Now, hold on. I don't think. Are they playing their characters? No. They're not. They're uh, just both on it? Just both on it together. Oh, uh, I thought they were playing their characters. That's a bummer. I prefer your reality where Charmed they're both playing their characters. Yes. Grey's Anatomy. That's what I thought. I thought they were playing their characters because they kind of dubbed it as the Charmed People on Grey's Anatomy. So I'm like, okay, why not? And I had a big wild. Rose McGowan crush in the movie Scream. Scream. Man. Scream's a good one. Was it me or Scream the late- is my favorite scary movie. End of story. I End saw it opening weekend when I was young, and you were that was like, like four. the move. That was when that was that paved the way for five meta. years apart. I made you like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a child. Yeah. Um, I was fourteen. You were five, but for some reason you're thirty. I'm thirty five now. Anyway. Oh fuck! Ah, oh, Scream! I adore and Matthew Lillard. All of my life, all I've ever wanted to be is Matthew Lillard. That's in that movie, my, he was super cool. In that him movie. in that movie, and then SLC Punk turned oh, me. Yeah. I would write. I wanted to be Skeet Ulrich on everything. Skeet Ulrich was so he had that cool like the Gavin Rossdale hair. Yeah, I wanted Gavin Rossdale. I want to get a haircut, and I younger. think that might be my ne- my haircut is like when I grow my hair long, like, it gets curly. It gets like curly wavy, but I can't get. I can never allow myself to get past the awkward phase. 
Everyone has always told me, "Oh, you're going your hair long." There's gonna yeah. be a phase where there's gonna be a hair three pee-wee. weeks where you, three weeks where you look terrible. Mm-hmm. You got to get past it. I can never allow it to. Every time I get there, because it froze, it gets like that, and then I'm like, I can't get past it. They're like, nah, it'll eventually fall. And when it does, it's gonna look great. And I'm like, nah, I couldn't do it. I That's it. how my significant other is like that. And they they have been trying. They for ye- like a year have been trying to grow their hair out, and every time they get just right because it goes grows straight the fuck out it's tough and so right when they get to that they're like nope nope and just shave their head again yeah i thought he had really cool hair in that and rose mcgowan had there was like that stretch i saw late 90s mid to late 90s early 2000s now this is gonna sound crass i guess not crude but crass every hot female actress had hard nipples in every scene they were in Did you notice yeah, that's that? that's what they did to, to Jen Aniston that and is, that Friends. Is, that is the Warner Brothers lot, though. Because my first job, when I moved out to Lane in 2014, I was a stand-in on a Sull- on Sullivan song, which was on stage Get the fuck out of here. That's the lot? It's the coldest. Yeah, they do it at stage five for Friends because it's like the Friends. It says like a big plaque outside yeah. stage five. Every, at least Warner Brothers, they're freezing. I'm not kidding you. It's It was. Really? It, it was June. We're taping episodes in June in Burbank, which is 110 right. degrees outside, right. and everyone's wearing hooded sweatshirts inside. I'm not kidding you. That's, that lot was freezing. And I remember like my first week being like, this is why the cast of Friends had hard nipples. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like on purpose from creepy producers being like, let's let's get the THO going, you know? Well, and what... Let's tell you hard Kristen, on for the nerds know, at home. Jesus. I know you know, um, but the nerds at home might not. Know. Christ, uh who was who played Mary Jane in the in the Toby? Oh, that was Kristen, uh, the blonde Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Who I fell in love with in uh, Little Women because I was about her age when I saw. You were a little woman. <laughs> I was a little man watching a little woman. Aww. So again, not creepy. Aww. Don't. By the way, you speaking have not speaking your of sex little, playlist out because we are not done with little, that. Speaking of little man, little woman. Um, did you see Joker? I just saw it. You want? Do you see there, it? There, we can talk about it. Yeah, that. The spoiler weird... alert! I gotta tell people. Oh, yeah. spoiler, spoiler alert! If you don't want to hear alert. about Joker, turn it off right now. Go back to last week's podcast where I was by myself. I actually got some really good press from it. Not press, but like people liking it. My man TJ down in El Paso. I, I feel you, bud. TJ and, uh, got some. Um, some. I did an episode by myself last. Yeah. week. I was really. I was sick last week, and because um, you know my whole family was sick, so I eventually right. got it. Luckily, I only had it for like two days. Really bad throat. I'm like, am I going to try to get a guest in and get them sick, get James sick? I'm like, I'll just record at home. And I didn't want to do that. So I did like 40 minutes talking by myself. Anyway, go back and listen to that because we're about to do some Joker spoiler alert talk. Yeah, or skip ahead. Hit the skip skip ahead ahead thing and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, Buy Whitney's album coming out next week. Yeah, it comes out next week. If you're in Chicago, come to the show, please, because I've not sold as many tickets as I thought I would. Um, We'll get you there. And did you not think... That that weird through line of little person humor was weird. Oh, it was great. Well, James, lean into the talking to the mic no, again. No, I can't hear you. My phone's because here's the thing. It seemed like what was going to happen is they were going to like the 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 like focal of, like the focus of the little person humor was going to be like the shitty thing. Right. And like that, like okay, cool, cool. We're like establishing some more establishing like, those people are dicks, and he doesn't like it. Right. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's what it is. And then the movie itself made the little person joke when he was trying to get out the of the lock, apartment. Yes. And it was like... But that's an incredibly hilarious bit. I'll give you my take on that, because I saw it yesterday. I literally saw it yesterday. I went to a 1230 showing yeah. yesterday with my cousin. And when that scene happened, here was my laugh. I I, did, I mean, it was... I, I, I didn't like it, because I thought to myself, if I'm a little person watching this, I'm thinking, fuck off. 
You know what I mean? Even though, I've, you know, they, they might have a sense of humor. Because to me, that literally, legitly, the whole movie didn't do any material like that. But, it, look, did I did I crack up a little bit? Yes, but I felt bad for laughing. I'll be honest. Because it seemed like it wasn't, it seemed like, like, the Joker said, you were always nice to me. Yeah. That's why, yeah. even though I murdered the, the guy fuck. over, no pun intended. Even though I murdered the fuck out of this guy. I'm not going to. And I don't know if the director thought or the writer, same guy. I don't know if Todd Phillips thought I need some comedic relief right here. He's a comedy writer. I know he's a comedy writer. And look, I think old school's funny. And even though it might not hold up on some circles, I still think it legitly is a funny movie. Yeah, it's great. Hangover, the first one and two were pretty. The third one sucked. A road trip. You ever see road trip? Road trip's great. Funny movie. Like, yes, he. I think he is funny enough. I, I think he only said the thing he said was to stir up shit. Yeah. Da- honestly, Wait, what did he-, he said like a few days before Joker came out, like I'm doing a drama for the first time because who wants to do comedy in this climate? Oh, sure. Yeah, that and was that was 100 percent stirring it up. Yep. And that's I- like the point of the movie. Yeah. So it's much like- of this shit Society is people stirring. Is yeah, exactly. So um, that part was a little bit like <sighs> because here's my problem with it. I it did take me out of it. A here's little bit. my problem with it is the entire time. The camera is the camera was not opinionated. There was no opinion. The camera was beautifully shot, mm-hmm. fucking beautifully, beautifully lit, shot. Yeah. beautifully. The sound was great, and the camera had no opinion. And then that joke happened, and it was the camera that had the opinion for the joke. But yeah, because it was low. I mean, you have to you have to shoot low. No, not because it was it low. Was the getting up to the the chain? I thought right. Yeah, it was a little bit right. Dang. It was it betrayed it betrayed the narrative of of the I think it betrayed the narrative of the actual like. But they were moving from feeling to feeling. That's a different like. He's trying to convey a joke. Like you had to switch the vibe up to to land the joke. I feel and like also the reaction in in my theater the music box seventy millimeter was fucking awesome was uh, happy groans. It was like, that's ah, kind of how my theater was. Yeah, so what's the difference between 70 millimeter and everything else? Is it that much better to watch it on that? No, it's whatever. Is it just more vintagey looking? It's like wider, I think. I don't fucking know. I I'm could see that nerd. like, well, I don't know because the movie takes place in like late 70s, early 80s, right? Mm. It's like the mid 80s, I think. Yeah. I think I think I read 1981, Something even though like, they never say yeah. ninth. They don't give yeah. it a specific year, but you could kind of, but based on the fashion yeah. and how bad New York was at the time, I don't know it's Gotham, yeah. Gotham, New York, whatever. Um. Although someone told me once, some DC nerd said that Metropolis, where Superman's from, is New York, and Gotham's Gotham Chicago. from Chicago. Yeah. So technically, which technically, is why Nolan Brothers wanted to shoot in Chicago. Right. Technically, in the DC universe, get ready, nerds. The Chicago and New York are real places, but in Metropolis and Gotham are real places. Oh, they all mm. exist together. They're all because Gotham and Metropolis are just fictional cities in America. Yeah, but I thought they represented. I didn't know Chicago and New York existed in that universe. It, yeah. Okay. Do. Fair enough. Yeah. Ah. But what did you think of the movie overall, though? Overall, um, it was so fucking sad. It was dark. Jesus, it was It was maybe sad. one of the darkest movies, and it was it very, yeah. It also felt, it was beautiful. It was incredibly acted. Yeah, he deserves um, a nomination for sure. It did. I mean, to, to I'll, I won't apologize for being an absolute bleeding heart liberal to see the, the, two, the two black women characters just served the man. In the plot was like a bummer. Like it was like, oh, Which maybe. Two? What do you mean? The um, the therapist and then the the love interest. Yeah, they only existed. They had no personality beyond serving the narrative of the dude. And so, like, that's a problem. But wouldn't that be just women characters? Is it? You mentioned black women. They happen to be black women. But wasn't it him just being? Wasn't it women in general that he had a problem with? Right. What it felt like was 
casting or Todd Phillips was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we hire not just white people for this. Every movie now. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And the. In some instances. Right. And the roles that. And the. The way the roles were written was that. Yeah, I told you I'm a bleeding heart liberal. What, and what other role were they going to play? What what antagonist big enough to fight Joker is a black woman? It could have been the host of the show. The host of the show could have been a black woman. That host is based on the host from The Killing Joke, who's a white dude. Right. Until, also, what black, until the Swinton's character is, was what, a Chinese person. What black like, woman is hosting a talk show in 1981? What person is going on a talk show and shooting someone in the head ever? The Joker. The guy the, the Joker would, yeah. Right. It's all it's all fake. It's all fake. Yeah, I mean, I understand having a problem with move, it. If the move is you're doing a specific diverse hire. or See, I talked about this, actually, because I remember seeing on Twitter people being like. I know you hate me for the, this, and I, I love you. He doesn't hate you, but, like, the I joke. Know. I no, remember seeing on Twitter. So I, many, I, I talked about this on my you mastered This guy mastered my album, and it was joys every night and so many it good was really talks. fun. No, this is good. You, you guys are, you're W and you're Ellen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is. Um, <laughs> This is the progress we all, but uh, <laughs> Jesus. I definitely think I talked about this actually because I saw a tweet where someone was like, "The Joker clearly has a problem with black women," and I read the tweet and I'm like, "He's a problem with women." I don't think it has anything to do with because no, they weren't I don't defined think it's, by. I don't think that that part they weren't was defined by no. their blackness. No, 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 Those no. Those no. just that because that, that role could have you know what I mean. Like Whitney is upset that the the parts they played were minimized in the and that they in served the film. him. They were just props in the movie, but. The only people who were not props in the movie were the Joker, Thomas Wayne, and his mother. And uh, no, his mom was even a prop. Like, well, she was more of a plot device than anything else. But like, great job. Also, she was. She was. Fu- she fucking killed it. Incredible. She kills it in everything. She's she the mom it. in uh, How I Met Your Mother. She's funny in there. But uh, and then so uh, yeah. and De Niro, whoever De Niro, I can't remember what the the host name was. But, oh, uh, <laughs> I love uh, Mark Maury Maron in there too. Or, I love Mark Maron randomly there. The, Mark Maron, the Maury something randomly there. But like he played the same role as the the two black women did. Like totally, there were only. But he nailed it as the guy that's like, we're gonna cut that that thing. You know, what I there mean? were only to... three options for it. anyone of of merit to play, and that mm-hmm. that was Arthur Fleck, Thomas Wayne, and whoever was gonna host the late night show. And unfortunately, it is more believable and probably, frankly, a better choice to have Robert De Niro play. That guy that was also an homage to um, King of Comedy. King of Comedy. And I also with De Niro playing the late night host is the late night host fought back against what the Joker was saying. Yeah. When he was saying, I've never, I've felt finally I'm, I exist and people notice me now after I killed those three people. And he kind of fights back saying, you think it's okay to kill three men? You think it's okay to this? He yeah. does that, that, that. And then it's, and then he's saying, I'm not like this when the talk show host. And then the Joker shines the light back on him, which is why I did have a problem with the, the little person joke. Look, did it make me look? There are evil. There are things that I disagree <laughs> with that will catch me off guard, and I will laugh at that. You're you're a human being, and and fuck the and you mm-hmm. can't act like. Come on, Whitney. There's got to be some things where you're like that's totally inappropriate, but fuck, I'm laughing at it a little bit, right? Yeah, I of course. I you're was a person. like, I did the groan, like ah, oh, fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. ah. I, know would, I know I shouldn't, but damn it, do that. I know I shouldn't laugh. The flip but, side, yeah. the flip side of the 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 little person humor. Is that it allowed a person to do physical humor in a way that was completely acknowledging of like their size? When he fucking yes. like stabbed at him and was like, ah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it so and it shows funny. you how maniacal the Joker is, yes. you know. 
And that's when I was looking for that. The first 45 minutes of the movie, I remember thinking, when is he going to become the confident Joker that we know in right. comic books and in other movies? Because this is the very much beaten down by the world I'm afraid of everything guy. And as he murdered more people, the confidence grew. Uh, hold which on. Which is kind of a fucking it's good move. because... It, the the less medicated he was, the more confident he grew. That too. All right. So let me go back to the whole Robert De Niro thing, the big scene. Again, spoiler alert. Wait, spoiler, I have, spoiler. wait, I have two. Can I just no, two go ahead, quick go ahead, points? Yeah. The two, the, you asked me what I thought of it. Beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It's it is. Your whole opinion. It, I feel like it was a com- it was a somewhat completely unnecessary movie as far as like canon is concerned. It's like a standalone yeah. thing. Yeah. It's not necessarily canon necessary. Um, sure. I, for, I, for, I forgot my other point. Well, it's weird. the weird thing is that it's... Oh, I know what it was. Sorry. I'm sorry to... And this is a giant spoiler. If you've just fast-forwarded to this part, please fast-forward further and further and further. At the end... Okay, so he got recommitted? Yeah. He goes to Arkham. Right. Yeah. So... Presumably, the whole riot happened at the end. He gets lifted up, stands up, um, and then he got like the re- rearrested yeah. and committed. Mm-hmm. Got it? Because I did. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. Because he killed that lady. <laughs> yeah, because he runs out with the blood and all right. that stuff. Now, which reminds me, the one thing I could have used just three less of the the horrible dancing. There was way too many scenes of him dancing by himself with the weird. Look, look, I look. I'm a I'm a big fan of the movie. Yeah. Give me two less of those scenes, because at the end when it's more dancing, I'm like, I get it. I fucking get it. Like you showed right. me 19 shots of this. I get it. You know, um, I since I've seen the movie though, I've appreciated it more. When I walked out of the theater, I remember being like, super dark. It's a it's an insane movie in the sense that. Look, there's been anti-hero stuff before, but there's always this redeeming quality about the anti-hero. In television, it does better because it's episodic. You really stretch it out. Tony Soprano's an anti-hero. Yeah. Walter White's an anti-hero. Now, in movies, the villain origin story, um, they were originally going to do a villain, a villain origin story solely on Magneto. But then they decided to make, so good, which they did part, that script started to go, and then they decided to just do first class instead, which took a lot of that story into first class now magneto's origin story from a villain standpoint is great because as the audience you have something to root for right now any screenplay book in the history of screenplay books is like you need a hero you got someone to rate you know who's going to save the cat right save the cat's big you got to have the hero you got someone the audience roots for and all that stuff in the joker you feel for him you feel for him he's murdering people now He's doing this. You're still kind of like, but you never truly, I'm rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a weird It's sense. a feeling of, I get it, but fuck you. Yeah. Like, you truly, like, there's no, like, mm-hmm. in Magneto's story is that he he was the Holocaust. Yeah, he was in Auschwitz. Yeah, he was in Auschwitz. His parents, his family, there's everyone around him murdered in the Holocaust. Yeah. So when they're now saying mutants are different and we just want to round you up again he's like no nah, I don't fucking trust this yeah. I saw what you motherfuckers did last Magneto, time dude. oh everyone fucks with Magneto <laughs> it's a holocaust revenge story yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's it the best one you know yeah. what I mean like you can't beat that uh, and, and that, the yeah, whole that dynamic was the, there, there was never there was never two pat I feel like a real I don't know I don't know shit about there fuck, was but never, I feel like yeah. there was never like this is the path where you become Professor X. This is the path where you become Magneto for the Joker. It was all just, yep, well, you're going to be the Joker. Yeah, so you're going to be the Joker. We know. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah, the ending. You're going to be the Joker. Yeah. Be the Joker. Yeah. Which I think it's still okay to make that movie because in the same sense that Coen Brothers, some, some of their movies 
I'm a Coen Brother fan. Sure. But some of their movies, I'm like, that ending, I didn't like the ending. <laughs> it, there wasn't an ending. And I, there's always the movie snob that comes in, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I know you, there's four of you talking in this little bar circle here, but I was <laughs> I was conveniently across the bar and heard Coen Brothers and had to come over here now. <laughs> Let me just tell you this. That was their intent. Their intent was not to have an ending, and therefore it's genius. No. To me, I'm like, no, it was fucking lazy, and you didn't have an ending. <laughs> but if I, but but if that's a real argument that people, a lot of people validate and go, yeah, yeah the, the ending was not to have an ending. That's also okay. Right. If the if the plot is to not have a hero, why can't why can't movies not have a hero? Why can't movies actually show us this dark side that never feels good ever? It sucks because we don't go to the movies for that reason. Right. But it's art. How do you feel about movies where you can predict the twist? Like, because the Joker twist, I'm sure both of you saw the that yeah, he that he got no laughs. Yeah. That yeah, he's he, a that, failed that, comedian. He, that yeah. she wasn't actually ever there. Like that twist. Oh, huge, huge spoiler. That well, that, I said spoiler a million times. Yeah, that twist was. I'm sure both like sure. super predictable. Yes. So. Is that a product? I don't know what this conversation is exactly, but is like, is that a product of our accessibility to form that makes us know? Like, I remember seeing The Village when The Village came out. Oh, I'm in the Chumlehan. Yeah, yeah, and so the one where sp- the 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 fuck no, not to cut you off. Sorry, no, 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 I've done that a couple times on you, and I apologize. Is that the one where the alien looked like the Grinch? No, that That's is science. science. That's science. Okay, never mind. I didn't see the that. village is where they're living in this like uh, this like colonial village, and there's these creatures that come and they kill people. Oh yeah, I don't know that one. Um, I knew. I remember vividly in the in the fucking theater being like thirty minutes in. Oh, it's yeah, it's that. It's present day. <laughs> yeah. And that they're effectively. Just in a forest preserve. Right. <laughs> That effectively ruined the movie. Also ruined the movie yeah, for you just now. Um, it's not worth watching. It's not. Okay. No, it ruined the movie for me effectively. But knowing the, but being able to predict the twist in Joker didn't ruin the movie for me. And I don't know I it was about what the twist. that is. Well, it's also because well, you know that you know he becomes the Joker. Yeah. You know going, that going in. Yeah. Like I knew the Titanic sinks. I wanted well, to know. No, 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 that's not the twist I'm talking about. The twist oh. I'm talking about is that she was never actually there. Oh, yeah. That I mean, he didn't get any laughs. Like that moment. Well, that move. Well, yeah, that's the, and, oh, not and to it cut did, you off. It that's did unroll the, it. It unrolled it like a twist. To me, they did. You're right about that. They, To me, I knew I as that was happening and then with the girl was because you. Well, number one, you don't get to stalk someone and then they're okay with it. Right. Um, yeah. Was because you knew that they were going to have to show that with the medication, him being off the medication, at least I interpret it this way, with the medication coming off, there was going to be like a high high yeah. where it's like, this is, I'm the best I've ever been right now. I'm feeling great. Right. You know what I mean? And in, through that, you saw, I killed three people. I'm feeling like such a man. I'm going to knock in our apartment and go in and start, we're going to bang. You right, I mean, because that's what happened. He, like in the movie, they show me he knocks her door, she opens it, he grabs her, they make out, and she shuts the door, going, "Get the fuck in here!" You know what mm-hmm. I mean, like that t- sort of thing. So you kind of knew there was something off there. I wanted to go back to De Niro's character and why his character had to have a little more yeah. weight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His character was built up as this. He idolized him since I was a kid. I wanted to be on that show because in that era, to make it in comedy was to get, get on, on that guy's show, night. right? Yep. To get on late night and everything like that. But it was the exchange back and forth because remember he's he's rehearsing to do the knock-knock joke and then blow his own brains out on live TV. Right. Yeah. That was in his brain. 
But it was the fact that De Niro fought back by being like you people and, and almost the same way Thomas Wayne called everyone who didn't make the, you know, it was interesting because in Batman Begins, Thomas Wayne is brought upon as this great billionaire. Yep. So Saved I'm just, Gotham. Yeah, remember? I think it was on this podcast we had an episode talked where about I- about the train scene. Yeah, I talked yeah. about mm-hmm. Batman Begins with Brian Moore and Batman Begins came up and I, I you know, because right now there's, you know, there's a big narrative and, well, sorry, I had my own mic stand, uh, mic arm, is that like, there, there's a no. I've heard this theory from people going like, why didn't instead of Batman becoming Batman, why didn't Bruce Wayne take his billions and invest in the infrastructure of the city and do this and all that? <laughs> you would have put a bigger dent in the crime numbers than just you know be spending. Oh, I got another billion. I'm going to build the Batmobile, or I'm going to build even more cool t- gadgets to kill crime, not kill, but like to capture criminals instead of actually. How about an after-school program? You know, stuff like that, which is always fun. That's to very me. funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's very funny. It's, very, it's, it's great. <laughs> But in Batman Begins, you know, uh, Thomas Wayne is telling his son while they're taking, like, the, their version of the L in Gotham, I am going to do this, this, and this to help the infrastructure of the city. And right. I'm doing it out of my own pocket. He was, like, this great philanthropist, kind of like, you know, this Bill Gates and yeah. Melinda's charity, which I heard actually does really good work. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all right. So that's how they're portraying him. But in this movie, they show Thomas Wayne is not that guy. Right. And they show him as kind of a real piece of shit by being like, oh, if you're poor, it's because you didn't work hard enough. Right. Which is a narrative that's often portrayed on the American the public. Argument. Which in some, in a few instances is true. It is, yeah. In a lot of cases, it's not, right? Again, it's case it's by case. X, Y, and Z. There you go, yeah. right? That's more accurate. But people don't like accurate now. They want extremes. <laughs> they want either this or that, right? right? You ever notice that everything's either amazing or it's horrible? Completely. How often do people just say that was so okay? I so many exclamation points in all of my posts. <laughs> right? Like, I, w- I would like people to just be like, I feel bad okay. for using a period. Do you understand? <laughs> I do, too. I feel like, are they going to think I'm not excited about oh, this? Oh, wait. So, before I forget, and I know you're making a point, and I'm sorry to cut you off now. No. But you know what? Fuck. Oh, uh, no. Uh, it evens out at the end of a two-hour podcast. I Do you think if Fight Club came out today and you hadn't read the books, do you think you would know that twist? No. No. I thought that one was really good. Yeah. I'm lucky that didn't get spoiled for me. I saw Fight Club maybe five years after it came out, and it didn't get spoiled for yeah, me. Yeah, me too. People didn't say shit, and I was very happy really? about that. Really? Yeah. What, what would annoy me now is if Fight Club came out now, people would turn it around to make it this right-wing movie when it is so fucking yeah, not. not. Right, right, It right. is so not. But it would be like it's Brad Pitt and, and, and Ed Norton, and that's why they would probably make it that way. When it's like that, that's not the yeah. message. It's well, just... but what happened in Fight Club that would lead you be- to believe that the end of Fight Club would be anything different than what it was? What led me to – Like about... if you're watching Fight Club and you're like, what do we – Oh, when I was watching it, I, I didn't know what to expect. I just thought there was going to be a big fight between Brad Pitt and Ed yeah. Norton, but I didn't realize oh, they were the same person. Got it, got it, got it. So that's, that's what, it's, what got it's you. driving towards like the two I, of them I, fighting. Yes. Got it. And I just go back to X-Men very quickly. What always – what drew me to X-Men naturally – which was really smart on Stan Lee's part. Um, I, I didn't know this at the time. I found out this later in life. But as a kid, it made sense why I was like, oh, I get why that is. Yeah. It's two people essentially on the same side but fighting for different reasons. Yeah. Xavier, Professor X, everybody, is supposed to represent Martin Luther King while Magneto represents Malcolm X. Sure. Right? They're both fighting for their people, but one wants to do it peacefully because he knows the long-term future and the betterment of everybody is for us to get along where Magneto's like, no, it's us versus them, and we need to kill them before they kill us. Which is funny, because that's a huge misconception about Martin Luther King's 
that that's been like the whitewash version of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King didn't want to kill. Uh, were you saying Martin Luther King wanted to kill people? Or Malcolm X. Martin that Martin Luther King was not was not violent. The 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 nonviolent aspect of Martin Luther King came as a response to um, Martin Luther King organized. He had he had kids, high school kids, leave school and come to and this is all I cannot tell you like the the date I can't tell you all these things but and this is all based on Malcolm Gladwell I've read a lot of Malcolm Gladwell um Martin Luther King had kids leave school come to this church leave the church and have them like be the people who were the first thing that everyone saw as the part of the movement so that people didn't fuck with like okay the the famous statue of the of the dude being attacked by the dog uh-huh. that famous picture mm. that dude this kind of illustrates well, the whole I'm still point. Here a violent angle this is the thing that oh, illustrates okay, the whole okay. point is Sorry. that dude who was being attacked by the dog wasn't being attacked by it the was dog his dog what the plot twist no i'm kidding Go ahead. <laughs> yeah did you see that coming could I you see not. that from the holy um, shit it wasn't he wasn't being attacked by the dog and he wasn't part of the protest. He was just walking through, seeing what was happening. The dog didn't attack him. The dog was going the dog was going for him and the dude pulled him back, but because of the picture what Martin Luther King knew was Also oh, he kinda used propaganda in a sense. Martin Luther Yeah, oh, okay, he was okay. fucking brilliant in knowing that what the world needed to see Yeah. Was the whole world is watching was, was a big non yeah. like Malcolm, the shit Malcolm X was doing was, yes, fucking right. That's what we have to do. But that's not going to make everyone be on our side. What's going to make everyone be on our side is seeing people ripped away from counters, seeing people attacked by dogs, seeing kids being met with anti-protesters. You no, know, television was a huge part of, of switching, like of gaining, because what, what it did was that white people in the North and in the South, too, not to totally discredit the entire South, we're seeing this and going like, oh and my god! And a caveat: we're three white people talking about this. So, well, no, I mean, but that's but that's fine. That's, yeah, he mean, would want this. That's what he wanted. It'd be better. What would it be better if we weren't? Are we saying anything negative about it? No, no, no. But yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to cover all of our asses. Oh, I got gotcha. being like we are aware that we are only. I still. I don't see party, color even my we're own. Only parties uh, to like movements. The, we aren't those who create it. Yeah, I I think that was a very smart move on his point because on his part, obviously for a lot of reasons. But like the idea that people need to see stuff. I thought of mm-hmm. I I brought that up actually when I did. Was I doing the podcast with Gailey back then? I, I used to do a sports podcast. Everybody, the pictures right behind me on the wall here. Uh, Ray Rice initially got he knocked out his now wife or was it his fiance at the time? They ended up getting married. He knocked her out in an, in an elevator. The right. video, like, you know, she's yelling and all this stuff. He just decks her, right? Horrible. And when that f- first, the story first broke in the news, there was no video. The NFL suspended for two games. Then TMZ released the video. Everybody was like, are you out of your fucking mind? He got two games for fucking that. Josh Gordon got eight games for smoking weed. You two. Next day or same day, NFL or the Ravens did it first, the actual team. Then the NFL, you know, they suspended for the entire year. Mm-hmm. That video doesn't release. He's playing week three of that season. Mm-hmm. You know, the video was needed. Just like the body cams yeah. are important mm-hmm. for a lot well, of the these cops, cases. Yeah. Yep. And the body cams, you know, it's, 
it could go both ways. In yeah, a sense, it too. protects cops. It and prote- it protects they should, they should criminals. Or any cop that doesn't criminals. want to wear a body cam is kind of like, oh, you're yeah, little, fuck that guy. You should want to wear one because yes. it's going to protect you too. I think legit because there are good cops out there. You know, I've said this a million times, dude. All citizens should have fucking live stream cameras all the well, time. Well, you know, you used to ride your bike, and for some reason, you got doored constantly. That which, was my by insurance. the way, fool you once, fool you twice. Eventually, James, be careful. Look, I'm a risk um, taker, <laughs> but you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but we don't know is he was so fat back then; it was very easy to door him. But the narrative is, but with the X-Men narrative, Xavier would, you know, obviously he could use his brain to do stuff, but his whole thing was like long-term future. I want both sides to come to this conclusion together where, where Magneto was more hardline. So that's where it was kind of like a really smart, cool thing there. And with the Joker, what, what did looking back, yeah, I did laugh at the whole, the little guy couldn't pull the thing. It's a great bit. It was, it was a (laughs) funny bit. It was. And the whole De Niro's character yeah the shift i saw which is really cool at that part of the movie was the joker bringing up here's what society does to people mm-hmm. and fuck them for doing that and mm-hmm. then he was trying to be all high and mighty by being like you can't joke about drunk driving you can't because jo- you remember you made a drunk driver joke you can't joke about this you think that's funny you think three people get murdered in the subways when you think this is funny and he goes well what'd you do to me you punched down towards me Mm-hmm. You put me on, on. You showed a clip of me without my permission for the sole purpose of hurting me, making right. fun of me. You don't. You didn't think about it, but you fucking did. And you know what? Fuck you. Boom. You know what I mean? Like, which isn't. I'm not saying to do that. Although there was a crowd a couple weeks ago where I tell you what. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> so in that moment, I was like, yes, not like yes. I want to see him blow someone's head off. But as a as a fan of you know as, as a fan of what the story I was going through because they that fucking movie put you through a lot mm-hmm. it put you through a lot it made you feel for me it was so fucking dark um, like you know so I don't know if you know the disorders he had because they didn't go dark. over what he actually suffered from um, he had dissociative identity disorder and uh, paranoid schizophrenia the last were schizophrenia. Uh, it's like the wrong action for a certain emotional response. Oh yeah, that shit. That was so that's real. Uh, the laughing, oh, yeah. the like, fuck yeah. up. That is real. To find to, I don't know if that's is I that is it ba- it's based on a graphic novel, right? Uh, more some parts of it are. Parts I don't know about the laughing thing, but because uh, that shit. The was laughing like, thing was oh I, I, fuck his card. He had the card yeah. that he had to hand so that's to the par- person, that's, and that's it was like which I've been handed a card not of that regard, but a card of something else on the blue line. <sighs> but this whole anyway, this whole movie was meant to show you more or less, and I think it did a pretty good job because I used to be around people with those both of those disorders for a lot of my life. Uh bring you through that experience as a person, the whole paranoid delusions and the, you know, not so paranoid delusions of being in a relationship with fucking Zazzy beats like that was part of like his experience. And that's why it's okay to kind of feel for the guy. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely, s- I definitely felt for right. the guy, yeah. but it's like people want to still, they want to say like, Oh no, he's still a joker. Like fuck him. It's like, well, okay, no, but he's a disaffected member of society who like, I fucking said the S word, but like he fucking, uh, society. It's a, Never mind. Um, yeah, what is that? Why, fucking, why do you feel weird about saying society? It's a big, it's a big meme. Don't it's a worry meme. About it. Uh, but, get off these memes, man. <laughs> but like, I swear to God, no but, one's more obsessed. If he cut out, if he cut memes out of his life, not even completely, fifty percent. I'm a meme lord. Baby. We'd be doing he this. We'd be, if he cut memes, meme. if he cut memes out of fifty percent of his life. 
we'd be doing this podcast out of his fucking mansion basement because fuck he, sent, hey, dude, yeah, he sent me a so picture. He accidentally memes, sent me a meme about a Pikachu in his ass that I still don't get. I it was wasn't an accident. Uh, oh, pussy. Yeah, yeah, but no, but Joker was, it did a great job of really showing like what people on the lower rungs go through. And I feel like it's okay to sympathize with him. Yeah. I don't feel, I think what the weirdest part about this movie going into it again, I saw it late. Um, so I tried to, I did avoid enough spoilers, luckily, where I didn't know what was going. I didn't know, like, you figure it out as you that go. Right. a Joker? Yeah, I knew that one. <laughs> I knew that what one. What if he didn't? <laughs> well, someone yeah. wanted to have a theory where it's like, is he, is, is he the Joker or does he inspire someone else to be the actual Joker that we know now? That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be cool to me. I want him to be the same one I, as always. Well, I want, I want him to be successful. Do, I want if you're going to go that route, be good at it. Fair <laughs> be successful. I wanted him to do something like smart. Like that was one thing uh, that planning, I love yeah. about the Joker is Heath the Ledger's ability Joker was a genius. to plan, the ability to be so fucking ahead of everyone else. Well, and he has he an was ability an... now that he's not on medication, which dumbs you down. Well, you the best baby. line. Oh uh, in... yeah. So then I would be excited for a sequel because that's that excites me to see him like there are just even like a one. little bit of a yeah. The best line in, as in the Dark Knight, Heath Ledger's Joker was he goes, "I'm an agent of chaos." Yeah, that's such a cool line. Mm-hmm. I think you plans. actually you get a glimpse at the the intelligence at the the very last scene with uh, the final social worker that he kills because he's like he tells a joke here he's about to tell a joke he's like never mind you wouldn't get it and then he kills yeah. her yeah like that's he kind of shows his it. little yeah. uh, so uh, well back to Heath Ledger's Joker because yeah. we're talking about society being whatever word the meme told you about it, the S word <laughs> whatever word the meme there told I about. shared this clip by saying like it was ahead of its time on Facebook because um, I re- I rewatched the Dark Knight. A like a month or two ago, maybe six weeks ago. And there's a scene where he's talking to Harvey Dent in the hospital. Yeah. He talks about plans. He goes, do I look like someone with a plan? Batman has a plan. The police have a plan. And he said, you know, if mm-hmm. you watch the news and a bunch of gangbangers get murdered, nobody bats an eye. Yeah. Or a, a truck full of soldiers gets blown up, nobody cares. Right. But you kill one little mayor, yeah. you know, and everyone freaks out, you know, all this kind of stuff because it's not part of the plan. And then he talks about like how the plan, like fuck the plan essentially, mm-hmm. you know, you know, introduce a little anarchy. He's like, I'm, I'm a agent of chaos. You know, like Heath Ledger's report. Is that why he killed? Did he kill so himself because he played great. the Joker? I mean, there's obviously other things, but did that? Did that put him over the edge playing the Joker? I think he had drug problems before that. Yeah. Maybe Heath Ledger. Oh, he was, it was, was drug. He really mailings, lost himself to it. He was mailing his own piss to people in the cast and crew for that movie. So like, he was. Heath Ledger was. Yeah, he when he was he was methoding the Joker. I, does everyone who plays the Joker have to method it except Jack Nicholson? I don't think he methoded it. I mean, Jack Nicholson was just a gangster. He was just a, he played it as a gangster. Yeah. So you like, know the funny thing about it is when the 1989 Batman came out. Yeah. They relaunched the Batman movies essentially because I guess there was one with Adam West in like the 60s that was off the television yeah. series. But like, what the fuck ever <laughs> is the critique of the original of the 89 Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson was that it was too dark. Think about how far we've come. Because yeah, that movie, look back and it's thought of as very campy. Yeah. That's what oh, people think so of campy. that. So campy, right? But there, are, I will say this. The two great lines of that, the titular lines that a lot of movies, superhero movies especially have, is when in the beginning before like really the intro credits start is when he holds the guy over the roof and goes, tell all your friends about me. I'm Batman. You know, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. when the Joker reveals himself, he goes, Where did they get a load of me? Like, and he like yeah. reveals himself for the yeah. first time, is it, you know, like all that. And just the way well, Jack Nicholson noir. could it's turn shot, it. I mean, yeah, it's, way, I mean, it's you know, Tim fucking Burton. So. It's totally noir. Yeah, absolutely. So, with back to this Joker, um, yeah, dude, I really I, I liked a lot of it. I give Todd Phillips credit for tapping into a different 
genre than he's used to. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix should absolutely get nominated. It Did was... you see Joaquin Phoenix on, uh, I think it was Kimmel, Yeah, where they played that clip of him yelling at a crew member or being upset about a crew member calling him Cher or something? Yeah. Do you think that was real? You can never tell with Joaquin Phoenix. He did that whole thing with Letterman that was staged. Oh, I, lo- I loved that sh- when he was being a rapper. He was something, right? Uh, I can't remember it, but he was a, he was on Letterman in like oh, the yeah. yeah. Remember he did he disappeared yeah. for a while. You know what? Talk about going through tragedy. Your older brother dies when you're young, right? His older brother River Phoenix, who was like Hollywood's next big thing, and yeah. then he dies way like even before his prime. Essentially, yeah. dude was like what 21, 22. Died outside the Viper Club that I think Johnny Depp maybe just bought at the time. Um, the Viper Room is sitting on Sunset, everybody in L.A. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What else was I going to try to wrap up with that? Oh, with the society thing you were saying. Yeah. Um, I do like movies that kind of bring that about because you want to make people realize what's happening now and how it relates to other things. So I think a lot. I think the average person sees something and goes, yeah, but then they go back to their lives and not realizing, oh, you, on the big picture, you were about it. But now you're, I'm not saying go kill people, but you should be aware yeah. of that. Yes, people are struggling every day. Why are they struggling? What's this? Right. Do you not see, you know what I mean? That correlation of what happened, like mental health. I thought one of one, the thing I really appreciated about that movie was, and how I then looked up and it says on the Wikipedia, it's set in 1981. One of the first things the Reagan administration do, did was cut mental health yep. across the United States. Close mm-hmm. a shitload of facilities. Man. Homeless population rose. Yep. Which is why city like New York was a hellhole in the yeah. 80s. Chicago was way worse in the 80s than it is now. Yeah, you know. But people think, oh, the 80s was a good economy. No, you yeah. think the Cosby Show, Family Ties, right. the stock market did well until it didn't in 87. There's a huge crash in 87. Right. You think movies like Wall Street. That's what you think. But for for much of the population, it was shit. Yeah. And the, in the 80s, cutting all that and deregulating Wall Street is what led to the huge income inequality we have in today's society. Yeah. So that's what I thought it foreshadowed, which I really appreciated knowing that part of American history. Yeah. The fact that he then goes, what am I going to do about my medication? Mm-hmm. He says what he says to the social mm-hmm. worker. And she goes, I don't know. Yeah. Because they don't give a fuck about you and they don't and, give a fuck about me either. Yeah. Which I thought was great. You know what I mean? And which was why I was happy it was a black woman who played for yeah, that man. line alone. That's true. She served you a know really I mean? good purpose. I in thought the it movie. served a good purpose. That's true. Yeah. You know, so I think I rebelled against that tweet You're I saw. You're so mad at me for all me that, saying all that. that. Said, <laughs> no, but that it's okay. Black woman. But look, or though. I boycott the but movie. look, though. Look, though. Hey, though. Whitney said that's true. Right. And if it was reversed, I'd hope you would say that's true if yeah. she brought up something that made you go, holy shit, I didn't realize it that way. Yeah. That's what I want more of from society. Like I want someone like when I like I remember when everyone first started saying Christopher Columbus is a piece of shit. Yep. This I've known Christopher Columbus has been a piece of shit for like a long ass yeah, time dude. now. But when it first happened, I was like, "What? He thought the world was round when everyone thought it was flat. What the fuck?" Then people go, which dude. also not true. No there, one there was thought other it was people. flat. There was other people. Yeah. But they were like, "Dude, this, 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 this." When I then re- realized he was in, he was responding. I read Howard Zinn's People History of the United States, and the first letter fucking Columbus wrote back to the king and queen of Spain was, "These people are so nice." OMG, they're going to be so easy to enslave. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Actually, no, the first OMG ever was Columbus yeah. he, back he t- in 1492. He, he did. He wrote And then wrote hashtag LOL. Yeah. Um, but when I found that out, I immediately was like, oh, fuck Columbus. Yeah. I think the problem now in so much of society is we have an opinion. Yeah. That's our opinion. And even if we get the evidence we want, we can't then just admit it because we feel like that's a weakness in ourselves. 
to admit I was wrong about something. And I'm not saying this has anything to do with what you two were arguing about no. with all that. No, I do. I definitely, I definitely, f- that line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was glad Completely. because it's like they don't give a fuck about you and they don't give a fuck about me either. Because mm-hmm. not only am I a black woman in America, but I'm also someone who's do- devoting their lives to try to help people like you. Right. Even if you don't think I am. And maybe he's right and she wasn't always listening. But it's also probably because she's like fucking doing as much as she can with the little fun she's already getting. Did you see And now she's getting desk? less funds. Yeah, her desk, that whole office was yeah. shit. The fucking hard. Always were meant to make you depressed even more so. So, like, that's why it's a movie that I'm appreciating more and more as time is that I've grown distant yeah. from seeing the fucking movie. Because when you see it, you're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like holy especially shit. Especially as a comedian. <laughs> yeah. So, especially as a comedian. And fucking Sam Morell and Gary Goldman Shout are both in it. Chris Rock, who, like, fucking. I Chris Red's sh- in it? Yes. He, he, brings, he brings him on stage. He's the black comic that brings him on stage. That's Chris Red. Get the fuck out of yes, here. Yes. I produced a show with him in LA. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd use my credit card to pay for the fucking ticket because I didn't have enough of my checking account on my debit card. A dude I used to produce shows with is in the fucking movie. No, I love him. I'm super happy for his success. He's yeah, it was. He, Todd, Todd Phillips, right, is the guy yes. who made He He, he loves, likes stand-up comedians. Yeah, he gives them he, work. Yeah, he, well, that's like in The Hangover. Like he booked Brody Stevens in The Hangover. Right. Yeah. The Hangover is a beautiful movie. Like, shot-wise, The Hangover is fucking gorgeous especially given the cut co- like the the content comparison to the way it's shot is well especially stark. vegas that, there's been a million movies done in vegas right you know and what the, I, mean? whatever, I don't know what Lindsay's using but like the all of the it's just i really like comedies pretty. in that era because i remember when the hangover came out i had female comedian friends being like guys movie but the following like four months later bridesmaids came out i'm like where well, everyone's getting what they want yeah I like Bridesmaids a lot. That movie's for everybody. Hangover's for everybody too. Yes, it is. I can see why some people might be like, oh, it's over the top or whatever, but you know. Um, But yeah, so that scene to me, to sum up the Joker, was it should have been a message to everybody who saw it as holy fuck, we need to invest more in this. But you know, it even it probably resonated at the time, but later it's gonna be like, "Eh, it's gonna cost me tax dollars, so fuck them. And that's what kills me the most right now about so many things is that you could help people, but heaven forbid it cost you like a, a dime more. Yeah. Whenever someone says my tax dollars, I'm like, you know, it's like a nickel a person and yeah. shit like that, right? Well, you understand? It's going through the chunk of hard time, you have to get there, show up, do the hard work, and then it'll start yielding. You don't get immediate results. It's not. It's no. not Wall Street. Yeah. Well, it's, everyone's. It's instant gratification. Everyone wants instant gratification. That's why I really like. Yeah, cheap likes. Cheap likes, like I said before. <laughs> well, what's more cheap likes than the guy who makes the tweet going, the Joker is problem with black women? Right. Because that's going to get someone to click on it. And I don't think they wrote it as the Joker intentionally is problem with black women. Yeah, they I don't think they did that. I think, I think maybe they cast the social worker in that role specifically because she's a black woman and they wanted to show that. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think that is a field that black women do. It's an accurate are portrayal very, of what's happening. Very prominent in, actually. Yeah. I know I've, I've met many black uh, social worker so I think that's kind of like a you know what I mean like if you're doing a movie about nurses and there's men going why aren't there more of us they'd be like well just statistically yeah, sometimes so statistically you have right. to be a little accurate Read you know the I mean? but you do but you do see the flip side of the the role that's written in the contract that's given it's I like, get, I can get, it's I, yeah, like I mean, like it's like Steppenwolf did a play called Straight White Men that's all about how straight essentially this is a very like small summation of it, but it's essentially about how fucked up it is to be a straight white man right now. And it's very hard and all of these things. Straight white men played at, it was, I think it was Steppenwolf and 
it was making this comment and it was directed by a woman. It was written by a woman. It was the creative team was all women, but then it gave six of the most lucrative, best acting contracts in the city to six straight white men. Uh, so it's that just like extra level of, uh, yeah. like, oh, you're so close. Yeah, yeah. So close. Well, I mean. And I don't know what the, I, I don't, a, I don't have an alternative. I don't, I don't have an alternative. I, I have a what? joke on my. Um, I know you were going to say, that's why I said it. Well, <laughs> I, have I don't jo- have an alternative. It is a weird thing right now because there's a lot of good intentions <laughs> and stuff. Get out of here. So <laughs> James, James, you know, I recorded by myself last week and James is busy. So you didn't listen to my episode last week. Yeah. Me ranting by myself. I did, it did make me go I from I don't know I was bouncing off the round because I'm talking to myself. Yeah. One thing I talked about was <laughs> how I get very annoyed and you know it's become a theme on this podcast with some social media stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it because communities can form for good, but then also communities form for the bad and that's that's awful too. Yeah. Is that I don't know what you two are giggling about. It's some personal thing between you no, two. I'm you laughing at him keeping trying to cut it. <laughs> Is that when I see people say stuff where I'm like, okay, even if I agree with your message, the way you're delivering it doesn't get us to the end result. I think of things mm-hmm. where I got into this with uh, my cousin and, and she wouldn't mind me. I'm not going to say her name, but like, um, she's a social Margaret, worker. Margaret. It was you. It's not Margaret. Uh, I don't know if any Margaret's surprisingly, <laughs> but not, not a bad guest, I suppose, <laughs> given my background. Um, <laughs> Where we were going back and forth, <laughs> and she was, and she basically said, "No, no, not now. I don't want to hear from men. Now is the time for men to listen, mm. right?" But and on the surface, I'm like, "Yeah." And I then said to her, "Like, listen, we're on the same team. I'm trying to get them to listen. You're just saying you need to listen. That doesn't work, though. You know mm. what I mean?" And you talk to, and I notice it's the difference between this isn't like anyone's better than anyone, but it's right. the difference with people with kids and people without kids. People with kids know you can't just say listen. Yeah. Because it doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Greg Fitzsimmons had this joke way back in like the early 2000s where he was in a mall and he saw a parent grabbing like, like the kid by the arm going, you need to relax, relax. And it was like a little girl. It's like, relax. And it's like, you can't say it like that and get them to ever understand what that word means. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's going to be on a date in her 20s. The guy's going to be like, relax. And she's going to be like, danger. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like you can't do it that way. And I, I, that always stuck in my head for whatever reason. And now I see what's happening. And I think the same thing. So my, what I, I saw a tweet today, not to cut you off, James. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's my podcast. I'm yeah, going to cut you off. <laughs> I saw it, I'm sorry. I just realized how my politeness gets in my way sometimes. I saw a tweet today from someone who was like, um, Columbus was a piece of shit. And if you're an Italian for sticking up for him, you're a piece of shit too. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe, but you're also, you're going out of your, you're, hypo, you're hypothetical. You're being hypo, you're hypothetically going out of your way to tell Italians to shut the fuck up. Right. When they're, they're not also, even saying anything. Columbus was a huge source of pride for the largely like, diminished and shit on group of Italians at the time that Columbus rose. Because Columbus, no one gave a shit about Columbus until, and this is coming from Chris Pyatt at the Machete, and that was what his essay was on. No one gave a shit about Columbus um, until, like, the poor fucking Italians who were getting, like, shit on and being treated like shit found this person that could be, like, a like a sort of this beacon of, like, lifting us up and be like, how fucking cool. Isn't this great? Yeah. That, like, there was this dude who did this cool fucking thing. And then now we're at a point where we're aware of, like, oh, he did that thing, but it was 
shitty ultimately. And so you can't talk to a race of people and be like, oh, it, it's like being, and I hate that we're only talking about, I feel like we're only talking about black people, but it's like being mad at black people for ever thinking Bill Cosby was like some sort of thing. Like, yeah. you can't fucking do that because you don't understand what lifted that person up and the necessity of their importance at True. the time. Yeah. And fuck you for erasing the good experiences that happened. Yeah, the Cosby Show was a huge impact. There's a TV show called Justified. You've watched Justified? Mm -mm. Most underrated show of the last decade. And I think this last decade is the golden era of television because it's been so damn good. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Um, I always use that as an example of me not being like this old soul because I, I, I don't like a lot of today's music. So people are like, oh, you're just fucking, you're, you're an old man now. And I'm like, no, because I think television is the best it's ever been. So I'm not like someone who's stuck in the past. Anyway, there was an episode Justified. The It's about U.S. Marshals. And the one marshal is a black woman. And she was talking about something. She's like, growing up, I thought we were the Huxtables. And I remember hearing that line because I, I watched this episode like a few weeks ago going like, oh, this is from 2013 before the Crosby right. stuff came out. I wonder if they would have written it. They'd probably written it differently this time yeah. and all that. But culturally, that was a huge yeah. Yeah, fucking thing, even, right? Maybe they wouldn't write it different, you know? Maybe they wouldn't. Right. Yeah, yeah they the probably wouldn't because a real person would say it that way. Yeah. Right. And then you're and also I like, just, who wrote it? Yeah. But I think, you know, trying to, you know, we're bouncing around a little bit. You know, we're drinking and we're having fun. But the greater point I'm having right now and the, the annoyance I see is that, like, you were like, James, I'm a huge liberal. I consider myself a really big liberal, too. Yeah. And I just – but I'm also someone who, because of – I got, like, a statistician's brain. Yeah. I think, how do I get to, you know, X equals this? How do I find out what that equals and how do we get to where we all want to be? That's why I threw out the hypothetical um, when I was talking to myself last week. I go, isn't what we want to get to eventually – you know, remember like three or four years ago was Oscars so white. I want to, what if yeah. next year <laughs> all the Oscars nominations were Hispanic, Hispanic women, Hispanic men, but we don't say anything about it. We don't go, oh my God, this is historic. This is this, this is this. We all just go, these were the best people. Isn't, mm -hmm. that, isn't that the world we want to get to eventually? Sure. Right? Right. But I do think there are some people who are like, no, because everyone needs to be represented. But that argument is the same thing that is the fault in Ellen's argument to go back to the George W. Bush and Ellen thing. Ooh, what's the fault with Ellen? Ellen's Ellen's argument of be kind to everyone is arguing from a, a philosophical idyllic standpoint. Like, yes, yeah. yes, fucking yes. We should just be kind to each other and we all should just take time and be patient and we'll all get to the right thing. But the reality yeah. is very different. And so, yes, fucking yeah. Wouldn't that be great if it was if it was all black people nominated for all of the awards? But then the next year it's all white people. No one gives a shit. That's my thing. But <laughs> but no. But what if there's a year? Hold on though. What if but there's a year? You. Fifty years. No down no the no line, no. This is, this not even fifty real. years. I mean, I, well, yeah, I mean, there will be it's white people in fifty years. Right. It's gonna so take that time. That's that's like a myth too. By the way, baby. <laughs> it's a myth too. We're still seventy percent of this country. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Jesus, that was another weird one. Just like, did you watch Grey's Anatomy? We're still seventy percent of we're this country. Like 68%. <laughs> we're actually like sixty-eight percent. Well, it was a joke. But like, we're actually like sitting. I don't give a fuck what people are. I don't. That's my point. I want us to get to the point right. where it's not a but thing. But you're not you the like majority. Yes. I yes. Know. Yes. Yeah, I know but you're saying you're yes. not the majority. Here. Okay. Yeah. I, 
you're you're in a rarefied air i'm red hair and blue eyes i'm one percent of the world's less than one percent i'm the biggest minority on the planet my hair color eye color is statistically Statistically, uh, the biggest minority on this planet that's true you know what I mean? If I were walking around, you mentioned Saudi Arabia earlier, they'd be like, look at this fucking mutant. You know what I mean? But, so, like, I, I think about it this way. If you do a show, wouldn't it be nice to do a show where the whole lineup is female, but they don't make a big deal about it? It's not like, holy shit, there's all women on one show. My God, this is a fucking, like, you know what I mean? Wouldn't right. that be nice if they, because I feel like a, some of these shows and I get why they exist. And I did a show recently run by uh, Jamie, um, uh, I'm fucking a uh, Shriner. And um, who else books over there? I'm feeling like a fucking Dwayne, Dwayne Murphy Jr. No, that's, uh, Shady that's, Babies? that's Shady Babies, which is awesome too. Um, Dwayne and um, I'm fucking, I'm sorry, Jamie. I know you run it, but I can't remember who runs it alongside you. What's the oh, show? I'm a dick. It's a show at Laugh Factory. They just started. It's all female, Naughty oh. Thoughts. It's all female, and then they have a token white guy or token male comic. Right. And then, like, that's, you know, the joke. And then they brought me up going, like, here's the male, you know. And I, and which is fine. I'm not, not that's dude, a really funny concept. It is a funny concept. <laughs> and do, and it was a fucking awesome show. They did a great job. Do a show however you want. But I remember thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool? And I've, I've asked, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad I've, I've, this hasn't happened. I've asked CYSK a few times. Let's have it where it's all women, but we don't fucking address it. Yeah. We never once do we act like it's out of the norm. Yeah. Never once do we do anything that goes, look at us. We're patting ourselves on the back. We booked seven women on one show. Or or we have our host go, can you believe it? It's all women. Never once. And I, and, I, and I think they would be okay with it, but they were like, well, no, we've always been diverse. Why don't we just stay diverse? Yeah. If we do it that way, it's almost like we're, we're trying to score cheap points, which maybe they're right. But my, my point was that, like, in order for things to be truly equal and for us to be into the society that I think we all want to be in, yeah. that I think most people want to be in, which there no, are some people who no, want who don't most want people that, do not want to be because that's they wanna, the difference do they, they want to be a victim the thing. or what do they want yes victimhood um boy this is a tricky oh. sentence victimhood i think has become a personality trait yes i agree with you and that is not negating the shit that anyone has been me. through. <laughs> this is not at all diminishing anyone's experience. Oh, yeah, it's just true. Specifically, specifically the call by, I love both of you, specifically the call by straight white men being like, oh, but also, yeah. but also what it, because victimhood has been, commodi- been commoditized. It's currency, dude. Yeah, completely. The two, just like you were saying, I only use exclamation points in my posts. Specifically in social media, well, I'll give what you, exists. Yeah. Here's the two posts you see. You see either this was the best thing that's ever happened to me, or I was sexually assaulted. The worst thing that's ever happened. Those are the two posts that that and social media, which is what Maria saw me do and talk about, and I talked about this isn't fucking real no not at all 80 i think it's 79 percent of americans aren't on twitter 79 percent of americans don't have a twitter account so that means 21 percent of americans have and i read this other mm-hmm. statistic that 50 percent of all tweets are done by the are done by 10 percent of accounts so 10 percent of the people are tweeting so much they account for half of all of the right. tweets in the world that means are the, you saying there's income inequality on twitter right yeah now? man but I'll give you an example that goes the right, way of access. I mean, to right wing. I know you're doing a joke, but like yeah. also to that point, access to tw- like access to a computer or to internet or to any sort of data that's, plan. But that's gone. 
pretty much everyone has that now, though. Like, the stats on that are huge. Like, it, the access is easy to get. Well, access really? is, Device, as far as, as, far as having cheap. account, sure. But devices are very inexpensive now. You can get a, you can get a smartphone for 50 bucks. You can get online for but you 10 don't. bucks a month. No, but hold and on tweet. a sec, James. There's a different, you two are talking about different things. You're right. There is, uh, there are still places that don't have access to internet, which is why if you watch, I read a whole thing about a lot of television shows that networks are doing, you know, your two, five, seven, NBC, CBS, ABC. Yeah. Um, are what's geared. Two, what's two five seven? Well, growing up in Chicago, that's two five seven. CBS is two. Oh, five okay. is NBC and seven's ABC. So growing up was always like the big networks. Two five seven. Now Fox yeah. is considered. So there's four major like networks. Hey, don't count nine out, baby. Nine's WGN, WGN but it's not national. WGN was nine w, every w, all through Illinois. WGN's WGN was cable nine. though. For if you're not outside of Chicago, anyway, though that's not the point. <laughs> the point is a lot of their network shows, their sitcoms, are aimed towards Hispanic and Black more and more all the time. Because sure. that was my thing when I always tell people about Hollywood and the entertainment industry. They care about money. Right. So that's why they're, all of their stuff they did forever, it's never been about the art. It's been about how much money can we fucking make. Mm-hmm. So that's why for a while it was always yeah. aimed towards white people because right. of statistics. Right. You know what I mean? Like even still to this day, black men account for 6% of the American population. You yeah. know? They're a huge part of culture. And rightfully so, in a, in a, in a big sense, you right. know what I mean? Um, I mean, they establish culture. Yeah. Black culture established. Black, Black culture is, huge is in America, culture yeah. in America. Well, not all of it, but it's a big part of it, for sure. Most I think. It, definitely. Yeah. I mean, music is dominated. Not film, Music, though. fashion. That's true. Fashion, film music. Is... I would say fashion, 100% music, and slang. Those three. But I think. Language. I think music. Language. Get, music and fashion drive culture. Film is a reflection of culture. Could Ooh, be. Ooh, that's yummy. Could be, but. Yeah. Fuck Yeah. Because you listen to music all day, you wear clothes all day, you go see a movie once a month. So you're you're living the culture with the music. Right. Oh, I don't see movies once a month. I've seen like four in the last year. Or that, like you know, you yeah. see movies far less often than you. But even so, music. they yeah. But they, but all day, okay. So the culture of film yeah would reflect black culture, but it's not black culture. You know what I mean? Is that weird way to go back and forth? That sounded weird to say out loud. But that what makes, I'm saying is, there's sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's not there's besides Spike before Spike Lee, sure. there weren't a whole lot of black directors, black written scripts, black like actual ref, you know what I mean reflection of their community. That's somebody fair. to say. Well, but Fast so and that's the why Fur- I'm Fast saying Fast and the Furious, like Fast and the Furious, is completely based in black culture. Right. Drag races, yeah. I don't know if that's 100 percent true. It's also Polish and Russian culture, but uh, it's Polish culture huge in this yeah. town, man. I really? hear them on 94 every night. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You grew up in Chicago. <laughs> Everyone yeah. knows a Polish guy who put a Fucking um, <laughs> a V8 yes. and his Lancer. Yes, in the hot they put and his a, Lancer. They put a fuck. What, what do they call it on the back of their? They put on the spoiler. Back, they put a spoiler on their spoiler fucking. And a scoop they on put those. a they put a scoop and a spoiler on their Hot Civic, man, cameras. dude. All the t- Polish people love doing that shit, man. Uh, anyway, though, like <laughs> it may not be a reflection, but uh, movies may not be a reflection. That's that's a fair point. Well, no, I, well, because and, and, movies are made by people with money. That's most money. Well, sports. People, so. That's why I've always been a big sports fan because sports have done more to integrate our cultures than anything. True. Baseball, basketball, football were all invented by white people, and yeah. then they brought the people together. Well, they, mm. there's a theory that basketball is invented by the fucking Mayans a thousand oh, years no, ago. Oh no, I. Oh, what were you saying? I would. I would. Mm. Boy, oh boy! No, say it. People, people listen to this because I don't think I said anything wrong. What I feel think? like I feel like sports have done more to in to Divide? enslave um, cultures that are like black cultures in America or the world. 
Like mm, it, the world is hard. I, I yeah, America, I'm just saying America because it I always is, thought it lifted more black families out yeah. of poverty than any other it industry. It, it lifts you, very specific black families out of poverty, and it forces it forces the like ruining of the bodies of black men. But sports also, but in sports general, does that in general. That does it everybody. At a, at a, like, I would only frown upon it if it only did it to black men. Well, and we're if things about, only do something to specific races, then I'm against it. But you're talking about sports a, in general, right? Yeah, sports in general. Like in high school, like sports is a, is a better outlet for people than than other activities. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have we not seen Remember the Titans? I'm saying, I'm saying, like, <laughs> remember the Titans? Those those white kids and black kids hated each other until they played together, yes. and then they were like, you know what? We're all the same. <laughs> You know I was what I mean? saying like the NFL and the NBA. Turk from Scrubs, you're a goddamn NC, liability NCAA. on offense, but fuck, you're a good defensive player. You know what I mean? On offense, you couldn't remember the playbook, but on defense, you're the shit. And then we got Ryan Gosling, who fucking sucked on defense, but was a decent punter. I don't know what the fuck Gosling's character played, but anyway. Um, no, but that's why I've always thought about sports in this great sense that like, if you could fucking hit 50 home runs, you could, it's a real, it's the closest to a meritocracy as we have in America in any field, in any field. Think about it. Comedy's not a meritocracy. It's far from it. Oh God. Music is far from it. Well, you know what I mean? Like in in local scenes, I mean, local, but I'm talking about like, no, we're talking about mainstream shit here. Yeah, sure. But we're still talking about mainstream stuff. Sure. And in mainstream, how many don't, times? I don't know if I agree. But uh, well, in music, well, let's just go music then. How many times in music? I don't know Lizzo. I only know the song I've been hearing lately. I recently discovered that that big Lizzo song, which is like she's one hundred percent that I'm one hundred percent that bitch. Mm-hmm. That song came out in twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's getting mass massive radio play now. The right people heard it because the right people heard it. But the music industry didn't give it a push. There's always the industry and there's always the people, which is why I've been a big right. subscriber to- Right, well, but to, all uh, music is influenced by black culture. Not all. Yes, all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's all. Rock true. and roll, yes. No, that's Absolutely. not true. Any popular song that you, any song that you would look on the Billboard Top 100 right now has been influenced by black culture. Okay, The, the Fields of Athenry by the Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> Find about, me where black culture influenced that okay. song. American music. Also- bl- American. Okay, we're going American now. American music. All right. Roots, we're going American. Yeah, yeah. Well, roots of good, American did a music. Black man invent, did a black man invent the guitar? No, they perfected it, though. Yeah. You Jimmy, can, Jimmy Hendrix. A, bla, a bla, black sure. people. But you know what's funny about Jimi Hendrix, who was one of my all-time favorites? He was on, like, um, I think it was Steve Allen. He was on one of those late-night shows. Yeah. And the guy asked him, what does it feel like to be the greatest guitar player on the planet? He said, I don't know. Ask Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher's a very unknown, fucking amazing Happens to be white guitar player. Right. Anyway, I would agree with you that 99% of, maybe not 99%, but like 90% of modern American music yeah. derives from black culture. Yeah. Right. But even rock and roll was half country western, half blues. Country, country western, western was derived from Irish music and bluegrass, which is nothing to do with black no, culture. No, bluegrass, that was all derived from like people singing in, in the, the fields, fields yeah. as they worked. Yep. That's rhythm and blues, which is different from bluegrass. No, country I music, love bluegrass. That's fine. You but country look at me. Music, I love bluegrass. I don't have My to bluegrass. look at you. I believe you. <laughs> She's <laughs> a like, shitwood, goddammit. But no, look this up. Look this up. I, the reason is because what you guys are saying to I me right now. Go ahead. But what you guys are saying to me right now, I said to someone else, and they told me I was wrong, and then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, shit. 1619. Listen to the New York Times, 1619. The, the, the third episode is all about music, specifically. Yeah. And they talk about blackface. And they talk about 
Okay, James. This is nor an X or a Y situation. I believe this is a Z situation. Well, we're so. both right. So bluegrass has uh-huh. roots in traditional English, Scottish, and Irish ballads and dance tunes, and by traditional African-American blues and jazz. Yeah, it's a combination. And which is what led to rock Don't and you? Roll. Yeah, it's a yeah, combination. You, but no, but I said that. Don't I said you, it was a combination. Yeah, a combination. I said it was from Irish music and rhythm and blues. Blues, and which is, you know, the big part of rhythm and blues. I'm not taking anything away. Right. I'm a huge fan of a lot of black culture, obviously. We're just trying to get you to say you hate black people. Bro. I don't. Right, that's what the whole point of this has been. <laughs> By the way. This is for you to admit. I will show you guys. I made a joke about like, how. I feel like you're going to. I made a joke. No, I made a joke about how I um I was this close to being invited to the cookout, and um and I had a bunch of black friends comment. You know you're invited. Hell yeah. So don't like like look obviously we get it. You have black friends. No, but you know why black people do like me? Because I'm fucking authentic. I'm not afraid to be like, well, hold on, actually, where so many white people are like, yeah, I'm a white loser. So sorry, black guys, that people who look like me did something to you. You know what I mean? That, that not you. I'm talking about people in general. I'm not saying Whitney. You think that way, but like, no, I can't. no. The number one thing black people hate, from what life. they've told me, is disingenuous white people. Oh yeah, they fucking can't stand that yeah, shit. Yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget like when I went. Uh, we like there's R.I.P. Because it was a great club that doesn't exist anymore. Jokes and notes. It was the premiere. Yeah. Black stand-up comedy club on the south side of Chicago. Brian Babylon, who's been on the podcast, an awesome dude. He's actually currently in Ireland. He did um, a show where he was like, I'm going to bring white people down to the south side to do jokes and notes. We're going to have like a north side, south side thing. I remember going, awesome, because I've been wanting to go down to that club. And um, me and Danny Kels were the only two white comics that did well. Every other white comic bombed. And these were like all like the who's who of like <laughs> comics, not just on the north side of the city, but like, you know what I mean? And they all ate shit. Drew Michael ate shit. James Fritz ate shit. Every fucking Adam Burke, I think, was there. I think he ate shit. All of them was bombed. And me and Danny killed. And I remember just being like, I didn't really know why at the time. But then it was brought to my attention that me and Danny were the only white comics that didn't emasculate ourselves. We were the only ones that didn't go up there going, I can't get laid. I live in a garden apartment. We didn't do self-deprecating humor Mm -hmm. because they don't want to hear that shit from white comics. You're going to come up here and tell me how hard your life is? Fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is also a reflection on a lot of art. The blues, rap, essentially, I saw this in an interview. I think it was Killer Mike maybe said this. A lot of rap was kind of counter to what the blues was. Because the blues was singing sure, about how yeah. sad and how like, I don't have a penny to my name and mm. how all this shit was. Where rap, a lot of rap is bragging. Yeah. I remember hearing someone say, like, I like rap, but do they need to brag in every song? I'm like, that's the big part of the fucking genre. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a big part of the genre to be like, I'm the shit. And that's why rap's fun. And that's why rap is universally liked. By every culture. Mm-hmm. I know Puerto Ricans who like rap. I know Asian people who like rap. I know fucking whiteies who like rap. And everyone's like, oh yeah, this shit's, this is fun music. It sounds good. It's got a good beat. And there's a, there's an authentic, there's an honesty to it. And there's a, like, you know what I mean? I think that's a big part of things. And, and yeah, I think as Americans, we need to recognize the contribution that black culture has made, yeah. which is why I'm not like, you know, I brought up that black men are only 6% of the population or black people in general or 13% of the population. I didn't bring that up to be like, yeah, you get what you deserve, whatever. You know, I didn't bring it up right. to be like, right. All television and movies should, should be 13%. I'm not saying if there's a movie with a hundred right. roles, 13 right. should be black. And people. you, I'm and also, and all. also, you know, that access, like the, the access to the census and the things that create those things are, it's skewed. It can be skewed in ways for sure. That, yeah. You, and you know that. I also know driving around this country, as you know, doing comedy that you could go States without seeing a black person. We're like, the, the, you know what I mean? Um, that's just 
statistics right there. Yep. I didn't bring up that they're a small percentage of the population to say that they only deserve a small percentage of opportunity. Right. That was far from what I was trying to say. What I was trying to say was that, like, I brought up the fact that they're a big part of the culture and they should be reflected as so. But also, art imitates life and some of it should be accurate. Now, there's that thing, the – oh, shit, we're going a little late. What's it? The Bechtel test? You know what I'm Bechtel. talking about? Bechtel. Bechtel. I, I, yeah. I don't, it's one of those words that I've never heard out loud. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know it's how to Bechtel. pronounce it. Allison it's Bechtel like, is – Bechtel. Uh, okay. She's an illustrator and a writer, and she, yeah, yeah. So you, she you, created in the Dykes to Watch Out For series. Oh, the Dykes to Watch Out For? Yeah, is the name of the it's series. It's a fun name for a series. Dykes you know? to Watch Out, and then it's like all like. Should be a show um, called Dykes You Should Know, like Comedians You Should Know. Dykes, Dykes You Should Know, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't say that word. Um, so, yeah, it, so for those of you who don't know, it's a test in which a, a, if a movie passes that test, they have two female characters who have a conversation that does not have anything to do with men. Right. Right. I think that's a cool test, mm-hmm. right? I wrote a screenplay and I wanted to make sure it passed it. And, but then I, someone said, I saw someone say that every movie needs to pass this test. I don't think that's true. No. I'll give an example. I came across a movie called Eight Men Out. That's about the Chicago White Sox in 1919 through the World Series. They became known as the Black Sox. They purposely lost. They were dropping balls they should have right. caught and all that because they got in bed with the gamblers, the mafia. And they were mad because their owner was notoriously cheap. Like he like held out bonuses and did all this stuff and fucked over his players. And it was really about labor versus, you know, yep. like, you know, your bosses and stuff like that. It was really a very like pro worker standpoint, even though with baseball is the setting. So some people view it as a baseball. movie. not true. That movie doesn't pass the test. I don't see how you can make it pass the test without it being phony. Yeah. Without having a player's wife talk to another player's wife about what their kids. Yeah. I, I would take away from the it would you know hurt the drive right, of the movie. Right, but you can respect the idea of that. You can respect the ideology of yes, all movies should pass. All movies should pass this test. But even you did all in quotes. Right. I, it's I don't, the difference I just between extremes. There yeah. is a middle ground, and that why shouldn't we, we strive towards that in the same way that shouldn't the two black women who are on screen. Why don't they have more than just like that kind of I like it can be in. Like I said, though, if you talk to a lot of the black community, I mean, I'm not speaking for every. I shouldn't speak for it. All <laughs> yeah. Talk, tell me what they say. If you talk to my black friends, a lot of them will say, uh, we don't fucking want your charity in that regard. You know what I mean? They yeah. wouldn't want like they don't want you changing stories to fit them in like yeah, they're just like they're a like charity case. People, dude. That's what killed me about like Ocean's 8. Do a fee. I want to see a female heist movie. I don't want you fucking doing it with a, a franchise attached. That shows you how lazy Hollywood is. They go, oh, female heist movie sounds good, but what if it bombs? Let's put a known name to it. That's what they're doing. I can't stand the whole idea of we need to do a female reboot of this, a female reboot of that. No, do an original story with women. But do an you, original story written by women, on. directed by women, starring hold women. On. That's better. Didn't we don't you... need to do reboot. I don't give a. F- I don't. I'm not like it didn't hurt my childhood. I give a fuck. I actually I saw that movie the first weekend because I wanted to support it. It was okay. Um, Ghostbusters with the women. Was I was okay. gonna say, it was didn't you okay. like Ghostbusters with? No, I thought it was. I thought girls? it was fine. That was fine. I love Melissa McCarthy. I love Kristen Wiig. So I'm gonna like anything they do. All star cast. I'm huge fans of them. And I love Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, get out of here. The whole staff was amazing. She's a monster. She's unbelievable. She's a fuck it. She is Saturday Night Live. She is Saturday Night Live. She is, and thank you for that. Someone shared a tweet today. Bowen has been fucking murdering. He's He's like, the way Chris Redd was the MVP of the last few weeks of his first season, that's what Bowen's doing right now, I think. I don't watch the show, but this is what I've read. I can't find the tweet. Someone tweeted today, 
why is it the female players go by their first name with the males get thrown by the last name? And I read the article and it referred to what there's a Heidi, right? There's a female cast member named Heidi, but it said her first and last name. So right away, I'm like, well, this tweet's bullshit because I'm right away reading a woman's first and last name. Then the rest of it referred to Kate. And I'm like, you know why it's referring to Kate? Because Bowen Yang's brand new and the two other people were brand new. And the other person's unknown that you're mentioning. It's referring to Kate by Kate because she's a fucking megastar. Yeah. If you follow SNL, you know Kate McKinnon. If anything, I thought that was fucking props by saying like, it's like this Beyonce is, or Madonna. Yeah, it's it's to me it's saying she's such a star. We don't need to say her fucking last name because you yeah. know her. Now mm. I bring up this tweet because that tweet read to me like you're trying to get likes and you're looking for a problem <laughs> where there's not a problem. That's what it was, mm-hmm. and that's what I think a lot of social media does. Yeah, it's people who are like, "Ooh, how could I create something today?" Yeah. Which is why. I didn't like the fucking, that dude who went after Shane Gillis. I'm not sticking for what Shane Gillis oh, did. yeah. But to me, it was like, that story, it, and at 12.01, SNL announces, here's our three new hires. At 12.45, Shane Gillis had all this horrible shit he said. Yeah. To me, that's someone going, all right, let's Google all these people, and they're hoping something bad is to, to discover. That's, sure. I don't like that person. And they justified. Have you talked about the Shane Gillis thing already? Yeah, I did. And I don't okay. know him. I've never met him. I don't know how he is as a person. I do know on a podcast though, and I didn't, I didn't hear the inflection in his voice on the clip. I just read the shit. I can play the clip for it if you want. I uh, know because we're already going pretty late, and I got. Right. Psh, fuck. <laughs> this is fun. This is why. This is can why. Can we do this every week? Can I? All, can I be your you Megan Gailey? Side coast. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I was going to do the whole thing where I was going to tell people, like the comedians listening, what I do with YouTube. I'll, maybe I'll just write a thing and post it on the comedy scene thing. Because yeah. I've had a lot of comics asking me, hey, can we sit down and talk? I like what you do with YouTube. I was wondering if you could help me. Uh, and I want to help everybody. I'm not one of those people who mm-hmm. keep shit to themselves. Rising Ted lifts all boats. I'll, if you're a comic out there and I barely know you, pick my brain. I'll happy to answer any questions I may or can. Um, no, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the time right now and going, fuck, by the time I get home, I got to fucking get gas. got to do this. and be closer to 1230. My one son's probably going to wake up at about 2.30. Lately, it's been taking him an hour to get back to sleep. So then it'll be 3.30 and then three hours that I wake up. Maybe I'll get four and a half, five total hours with an hour in between of not sleeping. So it won't be five straight hours. And then I have a show tomorrow night that I'll probably fucking hate everybody at the first joke that doesn't get a laugh. And I'll go back to being like, why do I do this bullshit? I had my, my last week, Communes You Should Know. So two weeks ago, I canceled Communes You Should Know because I just didn't want to do stand-up that night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. I've had nights where I haven't wanted to do stand-up, and I power through it. And I know I'm changing what we're talking about right now, but I think it's kind of important for me to say out loud. It used to be when I felt down in the dumps, I'm like, fuck yeah, I got a show tonight. The show will make me feel better. Lately, no, it's, it's been, worked. I have it's a show worked, tonight. Baby. I don't want to fucking go. Yeah, I have not wanted to go. Lately, I haven't wanted to do this podcast, and this podcast was my highlight of my week, you know? And, um, and, and I didn't cancel last week, for comedians you should know. Money's a little tight. I could use the extra 40 bucks I get for hosting or the fuck it is. And I should have because I didn't want to be there. And I didn't even know I was hosting. I thought I was just doing a set. And then I remember someone tagging me something going, hosted by Joe Kilgallen. And that was at like 7.30. Show starts at 9.30, so two hours away. <sighs> if you read something as a comic, if you read your hosting and your first thought was, fuck, that's not a good sign that you should be the host for that evening. No, no, no. Right? That's not the right energy to no. carry the show. No, it was a bad show, and I didn't want to be on stage. I didn't want to be there. I did nothing. Like, I just, I didn't want to do any of it. And it's fucking blue. And I'm like, I just, I don't want to do this shit. Mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to leave. I even said to, Dan, to one of the other producers, I'm like, if I left right now, how much would I get of what I'm supposed to get? 
Like, of the 40. They're like, I'll give you 20. And I'm like, no, because parking's 10 bucks. So I got to stay for at least this much more. Because I was really to just be like, I'm fucking leaving. I just didn't want to be there. I didn't fucking give a fuck. And and that's because I've been sleep deprived. I've been overwhelmed with shit. Like, it was much, even with the, I'll be honest with the YouTube, YouTube was blowing up, but it's come to a screeching halt the last fucking two weeks. The last two weeks, two and a half weeks, I've gained, I went from gaining hundreds of followers a day to like, I've gained 50 last week and 50 the week before. So I've gained maybe 100, 150 the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. If that, which I know saying out loud still sounds good, but it's no, still but a it's, screeching halt. It's this real, unreal thing. Yeah. Like it's not real. Yeah. I went from 185 to like 8,000 in two months, which is nuts. That's basically 8,000 in two months, 4,000 a month. So you're thinking I'm going to keep that, that trend going, you know? There's a text from the wife going, are you going to be home soon? See, like, lucky, maybe I'll get into an accident on the way home and it's just, I could get rest at that point. And, um, and then, and then, and then as soon as, soon as YouTube says you can monetize, it's come to a screeching halt. Yeah. Right. Anyway, we'll, we'll wrap on Shane Gillis with, with him. I didn't know anything about it. The only reason I wanted, the reason I got annoyed with it at first was because I don't like the fact that there's a person out there who thinks it's their job to tear people down. Regardless, yes. that bothers me. And that, that part is not being emphasized enough in this argument. Yes. The whole argument is about what they said, can they say what they said, what the, blah, 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 blah. No, to me, it's because even if take that away from it, there's a dude in college football. He's not a college football player. He's a fan. ESPN game day. Everyone holds up signs behind where the anchors do their like, hey, we're here live at the University of Iowa. We got Iowa versus Michigan today, blah, blah, blah. You know, they hold up like their silly signs. The kid had a sign that said, um, Bush light supply needs replenished. Here's my Venmo. The Venmo went because people he put his own Venmo in there. He gained over a million dollars of donations. Over a million. I'm not kidding. We got a million dollars, bro. Right, just because he made a funny sign about Bush Light. What? Here's what a good guy this kid is. No, come on. No, no. this kid says I'm going to donate every single dime to the Children's Hospital of LA. Boo. Venmo goes. We're going to match. Anheuser Busch says we're going to match. So now we're going over three million dollars to the Children's Hospital of the University of Iowa. I think I said LA first. I meant to say Iowa. Then a reporter found tweets of his from seven years ago when he was like 14 or 15. Oh, Not even that bad. He was retweeting Daniel Tosh, who you could, the Tosh tweet might have been like, eh. Even so, even fucking so, even if his tweets were borderline whatever, I think, he's, I think the tweet was like, my fucking car's acting gay today, it won't start. Not correct way to say something. I don't know right. what a gay car is. Doesn't mean it wants to fuck other cars. I don't know what the hell that is. But anyway, I'm trying to be silly a little bit. Everybody. Even so, the fucking kid is clearly a good person now. Yeah. He's given right. away found money to sick kids. Anheuser Bush said we're not gonna fucking we're, we're, we're we don't want to be associated with him. What? Anymore. Right. That's why I drink. Miller and they Light. got out. They got That's out. Why I drink of, Miller Light. I don't know if they then later came back. They got out of a million dollars. Yeah, it's like, yeah, to me, it's like, what yeah. kind of person, though? Everyone's talking about, they're not talking about this. They're talking about what kind of person goes, oh, a kid found a million dollars and he's donated to a sick sick kids? Let's see if I can tear this motherfucker down. All right, Google. Like, that's what that person did. Yeah, but those are sociopaths. Yes, and they're the same people who go to Africa and shoot a fucking uh, giraffe in the face yeah. and justify it by saying, well, the $300,000 I spent to, feed, to kill that giraffe is going to feed this village. It's like, no, 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 no. You're still a sick fuck. Yeah. Because you, yeah, you decided had to, to kill a giraffe yes. to do it. <laughs> you had to fly across a continent to kill a fucking beautiful you stationary. You could have just given him $300,000. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> 
that, that's what need that is what the argument needs to be about. That's what that's what right. People, and then if you zoom out, the it's all about. so it's all social media. What creates a news cycle? Yes. What feeds the what feeds the beast? Baby. Absolutely, Whitney. feeding the beast. And as, and I annoy me seeing comics bite into that shit. I saw comics doing it where I'm like, we know on podcasts because again, I don't know, I don't know what the I didn't hear the context of his voice. I didn't know what it is, but I know I trust my listeners enough where I could if I make a silly little joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you were, if you said, oh, I had this great set last night, I killed. I'm like, you killed. But you're a woman. Women aren't funny. My audience would know I'm kidding. Right. And they would they would, they would would be like, ah, you know what I mean? Nobody who listens to me knows would actually think I meant what I just said. Yeah, the so difference is kn- his was like a full That's my thing. Again, I didn't hear it all, but also it's a podcast. People kept saying that's a bad joke. I'm like, it wasn't a joke. A joke is something you do on stage. It's material. Now, if you would have done that on stage – there's a difference between on stage and on a podcast, though. Bro. Dude, I do two hours a week for fucking the last 75 weeks. Don't make you know how many hours that is? If people look through, they're going to find shit to be mad at me about. And I'm not sticking up for Shane. I'm sticking up for the argument in which people, before they heard, went down his throat. And I think we need to have a little bit. I try to see the good in people. So when people say, oh, this is what they were doing, I go, hold on. Let me let me look at it myself. Yeah. And then I'll determine. Because right, but you didn't listen to it. Yeah. I didn't. No, I didn't. I read it. So I think if you listened to it, you would understand the the backlash that was created. No, I. You know what? Or that. Or the context. I heard him on another one. I heard it. I heard his. I heard the comment toward Andrew Yang. What do you call him? Like I. I. I Chink Jesus or something. I don't know what the fuck he said. But yeah, yeah, I mean. And then Andrew Yang hit him up and was like, "Yo, let's hang out." Yeah, I mean, it wasn't funny. It is funny though that the people, the people, the joke is about are less. Bill Maher. (laughs) I know a lot of people don't like Bill Maher these days, but his closing segment two weeks ago was really good. It was really good. Talking about how you can't be more offended than the people that the offense is intended towards. Sure. I think that's, I, I, think, that's, that. I think he gives valid points on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like with the Shane Gillis and the cancel culture and all that shit, I don't think cancel culture is a nest, really a thing because these the people anymore. don't they don't really get canceled because they still work. But that's yeah. funny to me because if your argument was, well, Shane Gillis didn't get canceled. He did the stand last night. I'm like, well, what do you know? Do you want him to starve? What the fuck are you saying? He didn't get SNL. But you're saying he's not allowed to do stand-up anymore but, either? Come the fuck but, on. But but he didn't get SNL. But as he said in his second response, he was to good office, enough to get it. He will. Then you can't take that away from him. Which is true. They told him he was good enough, and now he has that batch. He has who his, had who he had gets the, his cake and he can eat it. Who had the tweet that was like, "Fuck, who was it that was like, how good was his audition? Because yeah. I auditioned too. <laughs> sure, and right, yeah, shit, that." <laughs> Brilliant, fucking brilliant! I can't remember who said it, yeah, but someone was like, funny. "I don't know how good his audition was, but fuck, I sure. didn't get it." He's and funny dude, well, I'll I'll wrap up on this. Um, sorry, it's been so long. Um, I and I want to I want your take, Whitney. Being um, yeah. Do we tell everyone that Whitney's a lesbian? Was that revealed on the? <laughs> it was the hur- yeah, hurricane. Yeah, hurricane. You, you know what I want to talk about? Have you heard of hurricanes? I had I, I had two close. <laughs> have you heard of hurricanes? I had um two friends in LA that I talked with a lot, and I should probably bring this up to them. Um, uh, one of um the one I was able to talk to her in a fun sense in which she'd be like, "Is that girl walking by right there?" I'd fuck her. She's hot, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I, I, if I were not married, I'd, yeah, she's hot too." You know, it was kind of fun, like you know what I mean, right? And then the, my other friend, I just never felt comfortable enough to bring that up. Although one time I was like, and 
and they were like, oh, I noticed. I'm like, nice, you know, like, yeah, because <laughs> I think every straight guy secretly wants the lesbian friend. They could be like, oh, hell yeah, dude. Would you bang her? And they're like, yeah, I would. Like, they, like we secretly want that. The same way straight women want the gay guy they could go shopping yeah. with. We want someone we could go to a ball game with and Hell be like, yeah. so so Kate Upton, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. I want Whitney to be like, I would make Kate Upton walk sideways. I want you to be, you know. Anyway. Um, I would ruin her life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Once she had me, She'd have she to would, make some phone calls. She would divorce that <laughs> side young sure. winner. There we go. See, that was fun. Um, that with, was fun. But with uh, with some of the like, I, I just see the argument being wrong. When I hear people like friends of mine or peep comics I like a lot will say, "Oh, if you're against PC culture, it's because you just write better jokes." Which I, I hear that is they're saying, "Don't be a comedian who uses slurs," which I agree with. Mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent on board with that. I don't think that's really. I think the argument's being handled wrong on both the sides of whatever the side is. Right? I think. A lot of the people who will go over the top with stuff, you know, your legion of skank guys, yeah. they come from a school of, oh, I hate authority. Yep. So if you tell me I can't say something, I'm going to do my best to try to be funny while saying the thing you say I can't say. It's very punk. We were the kids. We, yeah, we were the kids at the back of the bus on field trips that got yelled at. Yeah. And we were like, well, yeah, fuck you, Miss Johnson. I'm, I gave her the middle finger, but my hand covered up, <laughs> right? So she doesn't see it. Remember that kid that would do that? It was yeah. like, okay, you're not really giving her the finger. Right. Um, so let me, let me try to lay it out where I don't sound like a moron. Cause I have the tendency to do that. I remember being at a show where the, I knew the comic personally and they couldn't have been more what this audience wanted, but the subject they brought up, they just brought, they just brought up the subject. The subject was not for the audience to shut down and stop listening. And I'm like, that should be what the debate's about. Because if you're a comic that says gay slurs, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. You're, you're shit. You know what I mean? You're a bad comic. You're hacky. You're lazy. You're hateful. You're you're. you're There's weak. no artful way to do that. No, you're yeah. You're you're doing you're yeah. You're, Unless you're, not you're Dave good. Chappelle, right? I mean, there's comics who have pulled it off, but it's very hard, and yeah. and most who try don't do it well or whatever. So if the argument from the one side is no, just write better jokes and don't get mad when people want to get rid of you for saying that, then I'm on board with that side of the argument. Yeah, write better jokes. Now, if the other side of the argument is. I'm just bringing up a topic and the audience is turning off their ears and I want to fight against that, that I could agree with that. I could understand because as a liberal, I don't like people saying they're liberals, but also being like, I'm not going to listen to you right now. That to me is very much the opposite of why I chose liberalism. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously my parent, you know, you come from a democratic family, you kind of go into it, but I also felt like that's what made me excited. There's this great Kennedy quote, JFK gave a speech because that was the first time they said you do the voice when you do the quote. I can't do that Boston accent. Um, My fellow Americans, I can't do (laughs) it. No, it's terrible. I can't do it. If I heard him, if I heard him and then tried it, um, (laughs) Boston Yard. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Clam Chowder, Jackie Kennedy. Um, On my other baseball podcast, Clam Chowder was good. That wasn't bad. On my baseball podcast, we I made a joke about how. uh, well, women um, are okay with men cheating as long as the the man makes them come. I go, that's why Jackie Kennedy had no problem. And then my, my buddy Bridenstine, who's the other host, he goes, that's why she was trying to get his skull back together. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the guy makes you come that well, you're going to fucking put his head back on. No, that the joke wasn't about how women are okay with it. The joke was about how um, he said something about no presidents can make their wife come. And I go, Kennedy actually could. And that's why she was okay with him cheating. That's what the joke was. Anyway. You're like, I got to put that skull back together. He can make me vibrate. Anyway, um, 
So, like, I think of it like that, where it's if I think if you're a liberal, you want to hear it because, again, the Kennedy speech was that we look for new things. We don't, you know, look at things with rigid reaction. It's this great speech he made because that was the first time they're trying to make liberal a bad word. Mm. You know how liberal is a bad word? Right. That's why I was love that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. There was an episode of Curb where um, Jeff Garland goes, oh, you don't want to talk to him. He's And he did, like, the limp wrist thing. And at first you're like, whoa, where are they going with this? And then Larry David goes, oh, he's conservative. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Because it used to be, like, the limp wrist means, oh, you don't want to talk to him. He's, And that was, like, them being, like, he's a gay guy. Yeah. Jeff Garland goes, you don't want to talk to him. He's, and he's like, conservative. Like, then they were like, yeah. <laughs> like, that, was, like, that was, like, their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But it was it was funny to me in that sense. But I, I just I, I I've seen great comics bring up a topic and the audience will stop listening. And I'm like, no, you're gonna like the end. Fucking watch the movie. Yeah. Listen to the end. Don't just turn your brain off. And I think that's a response to the social media. What you were saying before with mm-hmm. the everything's the greatest day ever or the worst day ever. And I think that's kind of part of it. I don't know. I think I lost my train of thought with that a little bit. Yeah, what's the question? There was no question. <laughs> I don't know. You brought up Shane Gillis. Were you were you cool with that? Were you like, yeah, fuck Shane Gillis? Or I don't know what your thoughts um, were. I was, I was, don't let him on the show. Um, yeah, and also NBC is a huge corporation. And any other job interview, if they found out they you said shit like that. Yeah. They would have vetted. You wouldn't get Part of me the thinks job. they knew. They knew the whole time. Well, he yeah. hired him specifically for a conservative. I don't buy that narrative. No, that's no. I heard that narrative. I, I agree with but, that. But Lauren Michaels didn't say that. I think Lauren Michaels in the fucking marketing department said we're gonna hire him to fire him because we know he did this shit and that'll get people. That's look, look, Alex we're Jones shit. Dude. I know it is. I know it is. And I'm not proud of it. I know it is. I'm not what? proud of it. Where Wait, you dude, think they knew about it? And then let him go so I just they can't, could say... Yes, I kind of So do. they could say their vetting process was bad? That they could say, we didn't know, we're so sorry, just so it's in the news cycle. That just makes them look bad. No shit, but people watched because they wanted to see if they were going to do a Shane Gillis thing in the opening. That was no, great No, I would agree with that if the first episode of SNL this season wasn't dog shit. The first episode of SNL this season was really bad. Well, I'm not saying, look, and, look and not funny. Here's the hardest part about being in comedy. I never, ever want to say anything negative about SNL because I have friends who are on the show and friends who write yeah, for the all. show. Look, they're great. The show doesn't get good ratings. It does not. Sometimes it gets bad ratings. Bad if the show, Whatever. it's not a bad set thing, James. It's been fucking a decade of shit ratings. If I'm the show, about the, our friends who, oh, our friend, no, our friends are great. The other people around them suck. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's going to do that joke about how old people need to die. Not our grandparents, though. They're great, yeah. but dude, it's if the show wasn't an institution, it would have been canceled. So many fucking times. Give it 10 years. It's been bad and no one watches it. The one saving grace it has is the one or two sketches that are good go viral on Monday. Yeah. Nobody watches it live because they know. No, no, the no. One I good, only watch it on YouTube. Yeah, the one good sketch a week, shit. the good mm-hmm. sketch a week they have will go viral. But the thing was, in back in the 90s, it actually fucking had a, people watched it live. And it gave yeah, great Yeah, Molly ratings. Shannon, get the fuck out of here. great ratings. It doesn't get good ratings now because. Sherry O'Terry. Monster. She was great, too. Sherry O'Terry. I watched three full episodes in the last year. Yeah. It's so bad. It's just not good. And I, I'm not rooting against it. I grew up loving that show. Maybe it's Although not I never for wanted us to be anymore, on it. Though, you know? Who's it fucking for? Who's that bad a comedy you know, for? Middle America? No, it's not because they rip on them. They're not fucking. That's what the whole Shane Gillis thing was. Yeah, we but need, those people we need a Shane Gillis to get those people to like it. 
It's people like us who can't laugh at ourselves. Those people are fine with it. You think people in middle America who might may or may not like Trump are watching SNL, the show that he rips apart every week? Or that maybe they're hate watching it? Okay, the, that's their small percentage. Middle America is watching it. Maybe. You you know what it was for? It was for dads it's for and moms. Boomers and Gen Xers. It was for moms and dads. They didn't aim it at boomers and Gen Xers. They aimed it at the comedy of today, which they still try well, to do. It, it just doesn't now. pay off. It just there's something missing. It was for moms and dads and kids who were 12 to 13 who were like, we'll let you stay up late on Saturday. That's what it was for. The people who weren't going out and the older people. Yes, it was for older people, but it was also aimed at kids. Because I watched fucking SNL when I was seven when they had Farley, Sandler, Spade, Chris Rock, um, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey. Like They had like monster names. You know what I mean? Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at the ratings. For uh, right yeah, now. tell me if I'm wrong, but I heard the ratings aren't good. There was a slip in the last uh, decade. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, at least. Well, so everything's a couple of weeks. It's been on. It's been back for four weeks. Yeah. So they had two good weeks when they first came back, and then the slip. Shane Gillis hate watching left. I don't know. What I don't know. I don't know Shane Gillis. All I know is, did he say racist stuff? Yes. Is he a racist? I don't know. I definitely think there's a difference, though. I think there. I think you could differentiate the two. Don't you think? Or do you think oh, anyone? We, says, I know the answer. Because this don't is have me trying to see to go the good in everybody. <laughs> we don't. But this is me. This is me again trying to see the good in everybody. Sure. And you I remember should. being at a Dodgers Giants game. Madison Bumgarner yelled at Yasiel Puig, and I remember my friends being like, yelling at a brown man, and I'm like, yeah, no. or is he a pitcher yelling yeah. at a batter? I, I didn't think of it as race. I think on the ba- that's why I love sports so much. I really don't. Th- th- like you, right, but SNL white is an people wear black guy jerseys that has been white male driven for very long prior to like Kate, I think Kate McKinnon was actually a major shift in SNL cuz she's talented when I see Kate McKinnon she's a monster. I don't see a uh, female uh, LGBT community right. I think she's the best she's a monster and isn't she's that a what we monster. want yeah. and we yes, want to go to that but that isn't where we are I know and so good for you. I'm the guy that You're used the whistle in Mario Brothers 3. rarefied air. <laughs> I used the whistle in Mario Brothers 3 because I wanted to get to that 8th level already. How do we get to the 8th level? Is there a whistle? Where's the whistle, Whitney? Is there something we can do that's to That's really cheat? good. Have you used that before? Because no, that's really good. it's the first time I've used it. I really, I just, I think that's what I want. And it's, I'm not even, I, some, some people might hear what I'm saying. And, right? I'm not frustrated. I'm just like sad and tired because I want everyone to get to where we want to get to it's like it's yeah. clear that everyone wants to get there i mean not everyone obviously there's people like you were saying who put victim people. cards and there are people who are straight out racist so you got yeah. that on both sides there are the people who are like, and the victim card by the way is on both sides yep. i'll give you an example there's right-wing victimization do you know how many people like right-wing that's politicians all trump does all but trump does is i'm trump. a victim of a witch hunt sure I'm... sure yeah he definitely does it you're absolutely right 100 agree with you there i remember noticing this in 2004 when the Republican Party was like, we want to stop abortion. No, they don't. Because if they stop abortion, they can't run on it. Yeah. It's no longer an issue that they get to control. Mm-hmm. If it no longer exists, yeah. you know how much money that raises for them? They fucking love that. They have no desire to fucking... George W. Bush was president for eight years and controlled the Senate and the House for six of those eight years and had the Supreme Court the entire eight fucking years. Yep. Did he make one bill to actually ban it, truly ban it. Nope. They flirted with ending late-term abortion and just flirted with it. 
meaning it never got out of committee. It didn't get out of committee in a Republican-controlled Senate House. Right, that and late-term abortion isn't even really a it's thing. It's not even a thing. 1.4% of abortions happen after the 20th week. 1.4%. Right. And, and of those 1.4, in the case. women's health. Yep. Yes, you're right. So that, Thank you. That means... <laughs> if you were a man, I would have said you were right. I mean, like... You know, you know, I, um, I meant like... Okay, whatever. See, this is this culture has me in my own head. No matter what I say, I can't win. Um, on the podcast last, not last week, the week before, Rena was talking about whatever, and she's like, "Are you mansplaining my clitoris to me?" Yes! <laughs> <laughs> no, because she was saying something about, about the roots. Do you know about the roots? Yeah, the nerve. Do you know about clitoral roots? She was saying that like having a man going like that with whatever, and I'm like, real quick, the clit's very small. Are you telling me if a guy just rubs his entire face, yeah. which is a big circumference? <laughs> Which I did have a point with, but she couldn't resist. And she was it was funny. I'm glad she said it because it was a hilarious line. Are you mansplaining my clitoris to me right now? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I am. Anyway, though, Whitney, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I got to have you on again because clearly we could have gone another hour with this stuff. Yeah, I could do this all night. Break. Get, tell everyone what, where they need to find you and how to get the, uh, your album coming out. Uh, at Whit Chitwood on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is just Whitney Chitwood. Pretty easy to find. Uh, WhitneyChitwood.com. And the album uh, is called The Baker's Dozen? The Bakery's, the Bakery Case. The Baker's, the Baker's the Case. The Bakery You could get a good look up a baker's ass by the, checking out the, the bull's horn, but you know okay. what I'm saying? All right. I'm all right. The Bakery I'm Case comes silly. out on, I don't know when this drops. Is that about the bakers who want to cook uh, cake for gay people? Yep. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's the backbone of it. That's I got gotcha. And then like my sister's wedding and then my almost marriage all are like. Ooh, it's a nice. great album. Pretty good. It's really good. It's got baby, s- baby J over sh- here. You heard it every night. Theme. You should be I like a central theme. That's cool. As yeah, well. and we're doing. I'm doing a uh, album release show and party. All right, everyone in Chicago. Before. It's coming. Uh, the party's what? Today's the 17th. Tomorrow? Oh, seventeenth. Oh, it's next week. No, what's today? No, this, this week. week. This, this week. So this Thursday is the album uh, part release party. And it's a, it's a great and lineup of Whitney's favorite comedians. Yeah, they're monsters. Missing me, ridiculous. All okay. of them, all of them are monsters. I'm doing a half. My Who do you new, have? My new half hour at the end. Um, I got Molly Kearney. She's good. Mallory Bradford. Good. Very uh, good. Reagan Nimala. Mm, terrible. She's from Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. And then great. Chrissy Rose Hardy. I just say bad for someone, right? <laughs> all right, great lineup. Fantastic. Everyone, check it out. It'll be on uh, wherever you stream music, but buy it. Yeah, Spend please the money. buy it. It's only ten dollars. Yeah, it's nine ninety nine. That's two less drinks that week. Yeah, nine ninety nine for forty five minutes of just hilarious content. There you go. You'll feel good about yourself. You're supporting an artist, and that's how we do things. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Killgallons Pub. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I might just start a separate one for the actual Killgallons Pub podcast because the podcast episodes lose subscribers. <laughs> The analytics show. <laughs> An- Dude, analytics on YouTube are deep. I'll post it like a clip of like one joke, and that one joke would be like, this joke gained you 120 new subscribers. I'm like, awesome. And then I'll post like a po- podcast episode or clip, lost you nine. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's a good clip. Do people not want to watch? I don't understand. I think they come for stand-up, and they see other things. They're like, mm, not into it. I don't know. But uh, also, Joe Killian on everything. Listen to the podcast. Share with your friends. All that good shit. All right. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>